Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Private Suite Magazine interview series. Today, we have a very special guest on the show. He runs a little label called Sunset Grid with someone called Acid.Rar, and he goes by Blue Screen. Hello, my friend. Welcome. G'day. How you going? Fantastic. How are you going? I cannot complain. No, I can't complain at all. Everything seems to be going very well on uh, on the blue screen front at present. Mm-hmm. <laughs> over the over there on the other side of the planet. Yep, down under. How is it down under right now? Uh, it's nice, man. Um, you know, it's winter now, so nice and cool. Um, yeah, yeah. It basically, means that we have three really cold days, and <laughs> the uh, the rest of winter is just warm days with no humidity. So I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm loving it. It's my favorite season. Yeah, nice. Yeah, how's the uh, president situation over there? Are you guys preparing for a rough summer ahead? I imagine so. Um, well, I mean, look, you know, every year we we more or less have you know the the bushfire scare or the bushfire risk. Um, that's kind season, of just a, yeah. a yeah. It's a normal thing for us after last the last bushfires. Um, yeah, it obviously left a really big damaging dent uh in a lot of places around new south wales and and that's just just one state so it's you know it's very sad when that happens a lot of people lost their um their homes and and more to the point unfortunately lost their lives so it's Mm. it's just one of those things you know you got to prepare for it and and uh the fireys do a great job um you know defending whatever they can and what we can do is support them and yeah, so that's, you know, something that we're going to have to be ready for. But at, at present, it's just nice nice and wintry and mm-hmm. going to enjoy the hopefully a little bit of peace. Yeah, that's great. I remember hearing um, the president wasn't doing much about it, so I was just worried that... Uh, that oh, he's not a, he's not our yeah. president. He's he's a prime minister, but... Oh, yeah, shit. prime minister, so... Right. Yeah, no, he's, yeah, that's um, what we have terrible. as well in Canada. I just... I don't know. Maybe we just need to shake things up. I feel like the current the current level of most world leaders are not really uh, progressively moving things forward. For sure. Yeah, but that's a that's yeah, well, um, now's the time. Yes, that's right. Be make make sure you vote. You know, be present. Uh, have those conversations. You guys have an election coming up. Um. Yes. Maybe. Yes. Yeah, sometime. I don't know. I've 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 been so sort of focused on what's been going on in the United States. Um. Yeah, <laughs> you know that um, I've just been kind of like, well, that's crazy. yeah, yeah, uh, and and you know, obviously, COVID's kind of become a uh, the global thing, so it, it has been affecting us all really on some level or another. Uh, yeah, but it's yeah, I just one of those things. It's, it's crazy how so much is happening there. Why I laugh? So I don't mean to be rude. It's just uh, you're on the other side of the planet and you're focusing on. You know what I mean? That's uh, yeah. Look, it's incredible. Twenty twenty is going in hard. They twenty twenty is not giving yeah. a fuck, and I think you know where we could be be very well in the the middle of of a, of a great change. And unfortunately, sometimes that has to happen with with terrible um, moments. Uh, so yeah, I guess we'll see what the the last six months, the next six months of twenty twenty has to uh, has to give us. <laughs> Holy shit! We're halfway there. Holy. Crap, that was fast. Yeah, it's 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 every month we had Jeez. something or other to deal with, and it's like, oh wow, okay, cool. Really gotta just <laughs> be aware and and roll with it and do what you can. Yeah, Ugh. crazy. Yeah, I kind of feel like 
You know that feeling when you're just wasting your life away? Oh, yeah, I get that all the time. <laughs> oh, shit. <sighs> yeah, and, and the thing is, like, I'm, I'm 37, so, and I think that this is something that you experience oh, yeah. the older you get. Um, and I didn't realize it when I was younger because you're just sort of retaining, you're gaining new information, and so you're sort of presently experiencing it. But then you get used to the routine of getting up, you know, going to work and, and you know, your routines of whatever. But as you get older... It becomes this um, sort of a, you're on autopilot. And so everything is just happening essentially at the same speed, but your mind isn't really remembering everything you're going through because you've gone through it, you know, a million times. You know, you've gotten up and had a shower a billion times, so you don't really need to be present because you know how how it's going to end up. So there's, yeah, I think time's flying because we're just sort of in this mode of just... uh, searching yeah, for the next true. exciting thing rather than just doing the same old shit. Yeah. Or maybe it's just an existential crisis, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that's that's kind of, it's kind of natural in a way. I think everybody should have an existential crisis. Yeah. That that's it builds a, character. a byproduct for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. We were just talking about Nietzsche on the previous episode. Oh yeah. Nice. Famous my favorite existentialist. Cool, cool. Yep. I get behind that. Yeah. He's he's a boss, but yeah, you uh, you don't remember much, and when every day is the same, like nothing stands out, like you were saying, and yeah, uh, there was a point I was trying. Oh, to Oh, that's make. all right. But yeah, I just think you know the this year especially because it's been sort of you know the older you get, yeah, the the quicker time seems to go, and and I and I don't know, I feel like time's going to go by even faster, um, you know, as we continue to live. So I think it's important to do the things that stand out as being moments that you can remember. Otherwise, you just will essentially do the same thing until until you don't, and then it's all over. So look for the funny moments. Mm-hmm. Look for the good moments. Be good. Do good. Um, and be present. Well said. Yes. Yeah, the autopilot thing, that's what I was – that's what you – I forgot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like uh, not evolutionarily – beneficial to remember every single thing you do right the autopilot Mm -hmm. stuff well i mean that's just your subconscious you know you you don't need to know everything you've ever experienced because once it gets put in the archives it's in the archives but if if you're thinking about it and and it's important to you or if it's necessary then it's near the you know it's more of a desktop access where you can kind of uh you know reach it straight away but i don't i don't need to think about that one fight that i got into when i was 7 years old with a kid whose name i can't remember i i remember it but i don't need to there's nothing i can learn from that that i need to be thinking about it all the time and that's just one example you know there's you know a billion others but i i do truly believe that the brain does remember every single thing it experiences it just depends on where it gets stored as to how it uh yeah. How it changes you or how it affects who you are um, in your waking state. Mm-hmm. How profound was it? How profound was well, it? Well, great way say? to start getting into the show, my friend. I said, how, uh, how profound oh, was it? Oh, yes. Uh, profound enough for me to talk about it with you right now on the subject of, yeah. of philosophy, I suppose. <laughs> so maybe more important than I gave it credit for. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we're hope, we hope everybody's doing well out there during this incredibly crazy and interesting time. Yeah. And we have a very exciting episode ahead of us Woo-hoo. to keep you company with for a little while. So we hope you enjoy. Blue screen, is that what we, uh, we're going to be calling you today? Sure. I, I don't really hide my um, 
my no. real identity. So you can call me Tyler or you can call me Blue. Okay. Um, you know, I'll leave that up to you, man. Really I'm, I'm easy either way. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, let's go with Tyler. All right. <clears throat> nice. So I'm very pleased to be talking to you today. Big fan. Have a lot of your tapes. I've been listening to your music for as long as I can remember. I've been into Vaporwave. Mm. Um, cool. You've been... You've, you have a very uh, prolific label, I would say. I've been around for four or five years, maybe coming up to the fifth anniversary now. Is that right? Uh, let's see. We started in 2016. So uh, I guess, yeah, we're coming on to, it'll be four years. Halfway. Yeah, four years pretty soon, actually, maybe this month or next. I've got to check when the first release was. But yeah, I'd, I'd say roughly about four years. Yeah, almost. Five. Yeah, that's, we're we're getting there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> T- time flies. <laughs> yes, it does, my friend. It really does. Yeah, <clears throat> and I say prolific in the fact prolific in the fact that um, we and we just talked about this in a previous episode. How much vaporwave you put out there? How much vaporwave you've create a home for, mm-hmm. and um, not only a way to provide it to people but a way to preserve all of this music somewhere yeah yeah well i think you know uh it's important to we're in the kind of day and age where you know having a label is just just one ability of supporting the community you know it's it's giving people uh, a safe place that they can express themselves through their music and hopefully reach people that they may not uh, reach if they were releasing it um, on their personal Bandcamp or or whatever you know it's uh, and and it, I definitely didn't feel like it was going to be as it was never about being popular it was never about being let's get as many releases as we can and you know it mm-hmm. wasn't a numbers game it was just I just really wanted to get into the scene because it was just such a such a cool it still is you know a very cool genre and community and all of it it's it's there's there's a lot of there's a lot of layers there with vaporwave and uh when i started it was just so that i could give myself that platform and acid ra could you know uh, have that platform and we could just make music and i don't think we even really sussed out anybody at all to start off with but eventually artists would start finding us probably because they search vaporwave tag on on bandcamp and just see what's coming out and you know, you mm-hmm. blink and 50 releases have just come out in the last hour. So it's it's a constant stream of content and music. It's great. You're never, you're never not bored. You know, if you, if you think you've run oh, out yeah. of things to listen to, then I think you're lying because it's yeah always got stuff. And it's, yeah, it's really, yeah, it's cool. It's, you know, four years. I'm, I'm liking the direction that it's going so far. Mm-hmm. Lots of changes, little subtle changes. So you changes. started, yeah, let's get into those a little bit too. But yeah, you started it with Acid Rar as a way to put your own music out there. So you put out a record, he puts out a record back and forth for a little while. And yeah. then outer, you put out an outer record. And yeah. Outer Temple Twin did Pines one. Mall. Yeah. And of course, Pardon twins. Me? He's a, he's, I said, yeah. So outer Temple did one. Um, yeah. Uh, I think, I think he found us sort of randomly and, uh, and then yeah, uh, twin pines. He's obviously a, a great, a great dude as well. Um, and wanted to have us host one. And then I think Mr. Hideyoshi jumped on board. So they were the first three producers that contacted us sort of randomly. And I think that was sort of our our first mutual 
sort of, you know, they were the ones that kind of opened the door for us in terms of working with other people. So they 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 have a very, you know, special place in our hearts, um, being the the first ones that weren't the label founders releasing music on on the label. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, have a lot of respect for them, and the fact that they're all still making music is is great as well. For sure, and so people. No, uh, he is one of the co-runners of Virtua 94, mm-hmm. Mr. Hideyeshi, who we've yes, also talked is. about. And check out his music because we haven't talked about him as an artist too much. I think I think it's important to always give sure. those guys a, a plug. You know, yeah, like, you know, Virtua 94 yeah. has a very specific angle um, where, where their music is, is coming from, which I absolutely love. You know, it's got that great Philly sound. Um and yeah, you know, Twin Pines doing bogus. I mean, um, yeah, and of course, Tapeworm as well, which is the a nice new label um, by uh, by Outer. So it's all, you know, we've all got our little babies. We've all got our little think tanks where we like to just do the same thing, create a platform, and allow people to, you know, uh, join and come along the journey with us. I, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, the real the label uh, kind of exploded after those releases you have quite a number now <laughs> yeah i think you're doing yeah. one a week if i'm not mistaken right yeah that's that's correct we initially were just releasing as things were being submitted um we were really happy with that as it started but then we started getting a a lot of um a lot more uh, submissions from all all kinds of um, crazy producers from around the world mm-hmm. and, and Australia, which is nice. We've got a couple of Aussie guys on there. And I yeah. and we, we, we just thought, you know, just for a consistency, let's let's make it sort of a drip feed and just have it one release one week because I think that gives people enough time to not only listen to the music and, and, and spend a nice week enjoying it if that's what they want, but it also allows us to, uh, you know, sort of plug it a little bit and promote it without feeling... Um, overwhelmed by more than one release a week so it just sort of makes sense for us to do that and it's not a race you know yeah yeah true and it's fair for the artist that way like you were getting at yeah it doesn't it i don't think uh less than a week is is fair to give that album you know enough of attention um to you know spread it around and tell people about it that person's put mm-hmm. you know um time and effort into it and and i think it's important to respect that by you know maybe i can do a music video for it or um that list is always growing so i've got to catch up on that but you know however it is i think it's definitely anything less than a week is is just not enough time and uh yeah so it's good it's it's i think it's yeah. at a at a, a workload that that we can um that we can appreciate and work with yeah and manage at the same time mm-hmm. so how big of a backlog do you have right now like um if people like if we use this show as an opportunity to obviously um shed some light on the label for people that haven't heard about it and yeah. obviously some of those people are going to be submitting i imagine i hope so i hope the submissions continue to roll in as always i think the where are we up to sort of mid-june now um so we're we're basically got a release lined up till the end of August. So that's you know what uh, I think ten ten releases are lined up, and I think around that we usually have about a two to three month window um, of of uh, lined up releases to to look forward to. Um, I think 
Ascendant Ra and myself had sort of decided that if it got mo- more than like three, m- maybe more like four months worth of releases, then we may consider doing two releases a week. But mm-hmm. um, but it hasn't ever really. I think it maybe it got to that point once, um, sort of earlier earlier on in the start of of Sunset Grid. But yeah, yeah. I'd say th- I'd say two to three months is usually the amount of time that we have with. Uh, sorry, with future releases. So, yeah, there's always, you know, always exciting stuff to share. But people do have to wait, you know, <laughs> about 10 weeks if they want to get in on it. Yeah. Well, good to know. And you know what? It'll probably fly by like we keep saying, right? So It really does. No worries. Yeah. So I want to know, we'll get back into the label a little bit. Um, but I want to know more about you. How did you get into music? And I want to know where your appreciation for Vaporwave came from and why you decided to start a label in the first place. Okay. Um, Well, I've always loved music since I was a child. Um, My parents, though they're not musical in the sense that they play an instrument, they know what they love listening to. So music was always constantly playing music. which is which was lovely. Uh, we did have a, a keyboard that I'd kind of mess around on. I couldn't quite get into it when I was maybe six or seven, but through yeah. high school, of course, you know, growing up and listening to lots of punk and thrash and metal, and then sort of evolving from that into the later years of my high school years, becoming more interested in hip hop and samplerism and down tempo and trip hop and stuff like that. More, more sort of rhythm-based, uh, beat-based music became mm-hmm. became my my passion. And then I started getting into rapping, so I would write songs, not so much just so that I could record them and put them out, but just as a cathartic sort of therapy. It was nice to be able yeah. to make music and also have your voice put over it. That was a new experience for me. So I really mm. enjoyed that. And then, I don't know, I, don't, I feel like a lot of people have similar experiences with their musical journeys, Um I then got into electronic music, which I think was a real serious game changer for me. Uh, drum and bass and, you know, yeah. crazy minimal techno and, and, of course, like all sorts of ambient and soundscape. And I don't, I don't like to use the word um, intelligence dance music, but at the time it sort of was the only way that people could say, okay, so you've got, you've got trance, you've got house, you've got... You got all these genres, and then you got IDM, which is this kind of way of saying I don't know what it is, and it sounds very challenging and probably a very niche circle. <laughs> uh, so I, I guess there wasn't really any kind of genre of music that I couldn't get into, especially subgenres of particular music. So you know, hip hop, where you've got East Coast, West Coast, instrumental, uh, so forth, or with electronic music, where you've got all these beautiful branches stemming off this one big massive tree of you know DJing and going out partying and staying up late and all that um that was always really fun but then I think you know after that sort of fizzed out for me at least being present in the scene by going out and dancing and just listening to it myself at home in my own sort of private way where I can just continue to search and and look out look out for artists that I like I think maybe we got to, yeah, around 2015, 16, and by that point, I was spending a bit more time online, uh, 
using Tumblr for a little while. I don't use it very much mm-hmm. anymore, but at the time it was something that I kind of needed to help me with uh, dealing with my depression. And so I would sort of randomly see these internet genres come up and they would always be, they would seem familiar, but it would still feel new and fresh. And Vaporwave was one of those genres that would randomly come up on my on my feed and uh, of course you know floral shop uh just became such a an iconic thing and i think that you know i'm not the only one that would say that in terms of how they got into it and it's not the be all end all you know it's just a very small part of a foundation that at least for me even when i wasn't fully immersed in the genre i remember that album that album cover more specifically kind of going yeah. wow that's really you know it's so aesthetic looking you know i really liked the way it looked and i didn't really understand it but that kind of became something in my mind that when i saw it again i was like okay look i need to just see what this is all about and it was around yeah early 2016 where you know and and that's that's 5 years later than when the album actually came out so i'd already yeah. sort of been aware of it but not really throw myself into the mix and by that point not only was Floroshop sort of there but you know um echo jams volume one was was uh another one skeleton you know all of those sort of the classic ones and that that was just enough for me to go okay i think i kind of get a very you know very uh condensed limited crash course into what this might be about and then um and then from that point onwards i i think i saw a um yeah, it was a Frank Javc. You know, he did those those uh, videos like how do you how to make uh, yeah. C punk, how to make ocean grunge, how to make future funk, and you know, obviously the the satirical nature is you know you don't want to take it too seriously, but he's pretty on the ball with the formula of how these genres are sort of made, um, mm-hmm. albeit you know kind of poking fun at it. But I think it was how to do since Simpson Wave. And that video or that song that he made kind of reminded me of um, something from. Um, well, it reminded me of Renaissance. Um, oh yeah, you know, yeah, um, from Hot from Odyssey. Home. Yeah, yeah, and so or Odyssey. I, yeah. yeah, so it had it had that. It kind of sounded like that, but more of like a not a darker version. But I don't know that it was just resonating with me. And by that point, I'd already heard. Yeah, I'd heard of Home stuff and heard odyssey and and liked it not that i mean some people say odyssey is vaporwave i'd say it's more dreamwave but um in any case i did see that the simpson wave thing was definitely another turning point where i thought oh wow this is i really liked that song and i know it was supposed to be a bit of a joke but it it still was such a a cool little track to listen to um and then by that point i just yeah just said to acid let's Let's start a label, man. You know, like, you know, we, why, why, there's no reason not to. And, and, and as I said uh, at the beginning of our conversation, it was supposed to be, it was just a means for us to have a, a platform to express ourselves. It was never about anything beyond that point moving forward. Um, and yeah, so I, I've really, I've really sort of enjoyed where music has taken me. You know, I DJ, um, I play the drums, I don't have a drum kit. I, I, haven't had one for a while now, which is a bit sad. I wouldn't mind getting back into playing stuff live because uh, you get a little sick of pressing buttons all the time. Um, yeah. Or at least I, I, I have sort of. But yeah, you know, music music is just one of those things that 
you know, I, I can't ever not see it being a major influence on how I live my life and the people that I choose to spend time with and where I go and how I dress and, you know, I mean, being, mm -hmm. I was born in 83, so I had maybe just a little sliver of time to appreciate the 80s for what it was and be old enough to appreciate the 80s for what it was. But, you know, if I was born in the 70s, I think I would have been so much more immersed in the 80s. I mean, obviously, um, yeah, for sure. growing up, you know, yeah, it becomes more of a 90s thing for, for me, but I definitely feel like the 80s was, at the time, being a 90s kid was, wasn't really being appreciated in the way that it was. It was kind of this transitional period where people were just wearing the weirdest, most ridiculous stuff and making <laughs> ridiculous movies. It's like, you know, like, I was I was talking about it to a, with a friend on the weekend we're talking about like The Last Starfighter and Short Circuit and all these movies where it's like yeah. at some point someone thought up that idea and went to their boss and said, okay, I've got a perfect idea. So this robot, he's really, really slapstick and he's really funny and he just gets shot <laughs> with lightning and becomes self-aware and starts walking around going, input, Johnny Five need input. And, and I love that movie and I thought 80s was just, you could get away with anything. You could do anything you wanted and people would watch it. And I, I feel like that's just another one of the, it's a, an indication of the decade of excess. You know, everything had to be mm -hmm. big mansions, big cars, big bucks. Um, it's very cool now what Vaporwave is trying to do um, in in a, a manner of speaking of trying to emulate that excessiveness and that that sort of intense. And, and it, uh, I don't know. It's yeah, it's hard to explain, but the the intensity of of sound sometimes being presented to you seems all the more 80s when you just have it going through some big room reverberated uh, sort of filter. And, and it's, it, it really is um, quite reflective of um, the genre, or sorry, or, or like 80s music mm -hmm. as I remember it being a, being a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go. I, I, you know, I could listen to you uh, describe that for a long time. So nice there. Oh, cheers, man. Well, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way. I think we're all here. We all appreciate it. And I'm sure there's very specific reasons that are personal to ourselves, a very unique um, sort of perspectives. But whether it's a, yeah, an 80s that is more reflective as someone from the United States, or if it's 80s looking at it from um, a Japanese perspective, you know, they all, they all share very, they're all very unique, but they all share a very similar sort of, there's a motive there, you know, <laughs> let's make money, let's dress up, let's, you know, let's go to a disco and, you know, <laughs> have a big hi-fi stereo sound system that's just, you know, stacked to the roof and all that kind of stuff. I, I miss, I miss uh, clunky technology and, and everything's... Yeah. You know, we weren't afraid to be colorful with our design ideas. Everything just was, anything could go. And I, I, I miss that because the, it, it felt kind of like there's some freedom there that we've um, unfortunately, as a, as a society, we've sort of given up on a little bit. And now it's just oh, it's, either it's black it's or it's white. It's tragic almost. Mm. Maybe 9-11 you know, and had something to do with it. I don't know. Oh, I'm but, sure uh, yeah. it all is relative. Yeah. It's, it's certainly different now. Like... You don't see people. I live in Toronto in the downtown core. And, you know, you see all different kinds of people. Like name, think of a, any type of person wearing any getup, you know, and with any body type, whatever, and they're going to mm -hmm. be here. But no one's that 
like looks that outrageous or puts themselves out there that much anymore compared to when I was in the nineties, like you were saying. And yeah. Everyone yeah. was wearing those bright colors and freaking hilarious, you know, like baggy pants. Different fashions. Ba- the way you wear baggy your hat, pants. The kind of hat that you can wear. It's just like play with anything. Visors. I miss that. I miss that. Yeah, visors, you know, Technicolor shirts where you put your hands on it and then the handprint stays there because of the heat and I miss that. Why aren't we doing that again? You know, it, it, why did we ever stop doing that? It seems the it's sort of you know. There's sort of something that changes. I think, especially uh, as you're growing up, when it has to do with technology and new technologies coming out. Where in the 80s and 90s we were willing to explore all these goofy new technologies and things that came out like scholastic book fairs. I don't know if you had book fairs. Oh, yeah, in Australia. Yeah, hell yeah, we had those. Yep. <laughs> you know, all the crazy gizmos you'd get and like books and like um, I spy. I guess they still have things like that, but those came from the nineties or eighties, yep. even maybe even earlier. Mm-hmm. There were just so many creative people trying things, even with movies, like so many movies from the eighties and nineties would not get made today because they're too risky. Yeah, you know? yeah, and it's a shame because I, I think I was talking about the you know the PS Five just did their little console reveal last week, and oh yeah, man, I'm so stoked. Yeah, I'm 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 really psyched for it. Uh, it looks good. Having said that, though, you know, I was looking at it, going, okay, so this version is basically white. It's the white version, and and I, one thing I've noticed about modern designers, especially when it comes to technology like iPhones and you know, DVD players or stereo sound systems is that you, you kind of, for one season, whoops, let's bump my mic, you have one season or even with just one year where that particular new iteration of that product is black and then next year the new iteration is white and then it goes back to black and then it goes to white and, and it becomes this sort of this closed loop so that in possession of a, a piece of technology that is from last year, you know, you're the only one in a, in a train full of people. You can see everybody else with a white iPhone and you've got a black iPhone. And, and, and I think it was supposed to be like a kind of, it's almost trying to shame you to make you stand out. Like, Oh, look at that person. They haven't got the new version yet. Um, I, I mean, why can't we, Oh, it's I mean, even worse with consoles too. Saying like they've all kind of, they all kind of look the same. And, you know, I couldn't imagine uh, a, a PlayStation not being black or in this case, white, um, unless someone like you or me who has that sort of that thirst for color and vibrancy and then just taking the shell and, and modding it and painting it like they want, like Mizzocat, for example, you know. Oh, yeah. She loves her she, work. She, oh, she does amazing work. And that's just one person. Her going, switches. And- mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and her Game Boys, you know, that that's the kind of stuff that I wish the the main people were doing just as an option because not everybody knows how to mod or not everybody's confident enough to ask somebody to mod out their, you know, their piece of equipment, but, um, voids the warranty often too. Yeah. And if, if the, if the companies were officially doing that, um, then maybe it wouldn't feel as unique for having, you know, a colored game boy in your possession. But it reminds me of the nineties when, when the game boy came out and then they did that massive range where you could get a yellow one, a green one, blue one, red one and a clear one, you know, clear, clear plastic technology was also a great thing that uh, we just don't yeah. do anymore. You know, it was like, Ooh, wow. Shit. Super tech. I love it. Yeah. I miss yeah. that. But cause it was new. You know, 
There's nothing if new anymore. We've we've maxed out on all the new stuff. Yeah, yeah, we kind of have. And and you know, I, I guess it's going back on everything that I just said. But if uh, if we were stu- still doing that, it wouldn't make the rarity or the the poignancy of the '80s and the '90s wouldn't be so. Yeah, it wouldn't be Authentic. so apparent. Yeah, because yeah. now Absolutely. it feels day. So yeah. I just I was just looking at my. Uh, my cell phone from the early 2000s mm-hmm. and looking at that technology yeah and that that just feels so foreign like, like i can't today. believe we use those little tiny flip phones and shit yeah the old nokia so cool at a nokia 3110 yeah. you know and the, the oh nice that's all you could do is just text people um and then if it was too big you know you had you ran out of text characters it was like a tweet it was like the the earliest version it of was. And it wasn't a tweet to the world. It was just a tweet to your friend. And then you just have to add more texts later on and snake. And I don't know. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's fun thinking about And think those. about how many different Nokia phones there were. Hundreds, yeah. you know? Yeah. How many yeah. iPhones are there? There's 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And they all pretty Not actually, but. But, they, they, you know, there's a, they, they do. They all look the same. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's, nothing's going to change. You know, the internal, the internal power might be the same, but there's no uniqueness about, wow, this model had this really cool gadget or, or maybe like one extra lens on your camera. That seems to be their draw card. That's it. It's like, wow, we got, now we've got three cameras. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I don't know if I'm willing to spend, you know, over a thousand dollars for it, but um, yeah, you do you, man. It's just not as exciting. Like. Give me some old audio equipment, you know, like, oh, this one has different patch bays and all these different things. It's like it makes collectors find things more exciting. I guess people could collect iPhones, too. But Mm -hmm. you go over to someone's setup and you to their house, rather, you see their setup of whatever technology they have. Everyone always had something different and always inspired you. And I don't know. It's it's that you could that can still happen. It could. (laughs) <laughs> but I, 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 yeah, it's it's not in the way that it should be. I mean, let let's start first of all by making iPhones. If you're an iPhone user, or maybe just making phones in general more durable. Remember when Nokia like brought out their? It was like a. It was just for like construction workers, and it had this like really thick black and orange sort of casing that went around it, and you could like literally I throw remember, it. Yeah. You could throw it at the ground. And you know, that, was, that was crazy. You couldn't, it, I remember just, people it, doing drop tests with that. Yeah, that's it. We don't, we don't have that anymore. A technology seemed like it was a lot more durable because the idea of planned obsolescence probably hadn't sunk into all of the, the developers. There was still some ingenuity yeah. and pride for just, no, I'll build it to last. I don't want to build it to last for a year until the new one comes out. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it makes great, it, it makes a lot of sense from a money-making standpoint, but from like an like from a, a design, an artistic design point, it's it's really, um it really falls short of the mark. Yeah. But, there is something to be well. said with uh, needing to keep up with the, de- the demand of new websites, like HTML5 coming out, for example, right? Or the need to play video and do live streaming on your phone, things like that. But uh, like the industry should definitely have more sense for replacing batteries and free batteries and not just upgrading all the time. Yeah. Maybe even swapping out. Actually, no, that wouldn't work on a, well, you know what I'm getting at, right? Swapping out parts. But no, but that's, (laughs) put a better CPU in that thing, man. Solder it. You're, You're absolutely right. 
Yeah, absolutely right. Um, this guy, uh, uh, Fra, Fra, uh, Jacques Fresco, he he did this like he was designing whole cities and self-sustaining um, sort of resource-based economies. Like he was designing whole worlds and ways of life. And one of them would be, you know, if you buy a computer, that computer should be able to be taken apart and upgraded with new technology, faster, you know, processing power or whatever it is. And you should be able to do that, you know, forever, as opposed to, well, well once this is done, it's done. You got to chuck it out because it's wasteful, you know, um, it's expensive. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm a hundred percent down with, you know, I, I would like to be able to open up the back of my phone and replace it with something better so that I can continue to use it into the next, you know, five years, 10 years, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. There was that phone that tried to do that, and it's kind of died out uh, over the past year. Do, do you recall what that was? Someone in the comments will know for sure. Mm, um, I'll be slain for not remembering, of, like always. I can't, <laughs> not I can't actually. think of anything off the top of my head, but now I'm intrigued. Oh, uh, what was it? Let me just look it up real quick. It's more RAM or a more efficient battery, something like that, I guess. Fairphone, phone blocks. What the fuck was it called? I don't know. Anyway, I think yeah, there's there are people trying to do it, but uh, yeah, that that project didn't work for some reason, and it was it it was going pretty well too. Oh my god, my cat just get. Hey, no, 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 no. I'm in the middle of something. Hey, get down, baby. Go on. You're so fat. <laughs> it's a well loved cat. Oh yeah, she's the best. But yeah, I'm all for that. Uh, you know, renewable re- research and all of that sustainability. Yeah. But that doesn't, there's not too much money in it yet. Not until technology gets better. Well, until money no longer becomes the focal point of everything that we do, then this is what we've got. And this is how it's going to stay. I don't think, um, I don't think things will change until we realize that it's not about making money off your product. It's making a product that can last you forever and can be, changed and updated and upgraded on the fly and still be completely working and um yeah adjustable and customized Mm -hmm. it's just from a money standpoint it doesn't work and that's that's the dividing line between design from a you know a capitalist point of view and design from an artist point of view because i think they're very they're two very different things yeah it's crazy that we can't even take apart the phone to replace the battery now like come on give us we used a couple years ago we could yeah truly it's frustrating but i guess uh very frustrating there are reasons there are design reasons for that too i guess like it's more water resistant or something i don't know anyway anyway we could we could be here forever talking about that stuff let's get back into it so how did you meet acid rar oh um i've known i've known acid uh let's say i've known him since 2004 so what's that 16 years something like that um yeah i was living in sydney and i was looking for a job and i just had discovered this you know no experience necessary great incentives and i was like okay this doesn't sound too bad but probably going to be worse when i when I apply, but it was a telemarketing job, but it was raising funds for Australian charities and also global charities on the phone. So mm-hmm. and I did that probably for about five years, maybe more. Oh, and it, wow. was during, it was during that time. Well, uh, at the time I had really, 
I still have a lot of anxiety on a social level. And I thought that this was kind of a great job for me because I could, once I was used to the environment, you know, this big floor with all these cubicles, I could sort of, that was fine. And then being on the phone, the worst thing they can do is say no. And I'll never actually see their face. You know, they can just hang up on me if they want. There's a, there was mm-hmm. something there was something safe about it from a <clears throat> from an, an anxiety point of view. It felt very, you know, I felt very protected. So that kind of worked for me and I could get paid and, you know, do whatever it is that I felt like I needed to do with um, saving up or buying things that I wanted to get. And it was around that time, the first couple of years that I met Acid Ra. And so we just, yeah, just generally got along. So we'd always sit in the same, uh, you know, our cubicles would always be next to each other and, we um yeah just became he's one of my best friends so um yeah. that's initially how we how we met yeah that's great and you continue uh hanging out and all that i imagine and working together too or just uh well we worked uh at the same job yeah for until i got uh i got let go and he was still there for a little while and then maybe after a year or so i found another job and i actually um told him about it and said, I think this might be a, a lot better for you um, just because the boss that had started this new job was quite quite a cool guy and and I knew yeah. that he was out for us. So then we spent another couple of years working at a different job. Um, I then went to the United States and um, a couple of times and around, it was around that time that I got married. And so my life was sort of going in a different a different direction. And then when I got back the last time from the States, uh, I moved from Sydney to Queensland and Acid Ra stayed in Sydney. So I've seen him a couple of times when I've gone back to, uh, to visit um, in Sydney, but I haven't seen him as much as I would like to. But I definitely try and you know, check in with him um, at least once or twice a week just to see how he's all going. And, and obviously, yeah. if it weren't still in contact with each other, then he wouldn't have been present when Sunset started. So that was another thing that kind of, it was good for us as a, as a, we had our own project, you know, as mates that we could sort of bounce stuff off each other. And I feel like that's something that I've really appreciated. And I think at the time um, it was sort of, yeah, it was helpful. It was good for us to have a, a creative focal point to kind of, you know, mix up the, the otherwise mundane working week or yeah. stuff like that. Exactly. Have a few beers and have some fun. Yeah, See good. what comes out. Mm-hmm. If that's your if that's your jam, awesome man. Um, okay, so let's talk about your music a little bit. You have a crap ton of albums. Like, it's, I don't know how you can make so much music. It blows my mind. But uh, big fan. Like I said at the beginning of the show, I want to know. Uh, yeah, for sure. I want to know how you come up with a lot of the concepts for your records because something I. I find so interesting about your music is you have a very distinct style and sound. Um, all of your albums, like you, you have different um, sounds that you go for, but it always has the blue screen sound to it. Mm-hmm. Like every record sounds unique from the next, but doesn't stray too far away from your original sound. Something I always notice. Mm. Um, I just, I like, I like themes. I'm a big fan of concept albums. I really, oh yeah, it it just it just does that little bit more to create 
that sort of mental picture of a, of an environment or a feeling or a situation that you you know are listening to you know you get that audio sort of accompaniment and then you start to create your own narrative um you know it's uh, whether it's you know sitting on um sitting by a poolside and you know drinking an overpriced Long Island iced tea or if it's, you know, in the middle of the city and you've just stepped outside of the club to have a cigarette for, you know, a quick moment and you're people watching, there's just, you know, that's kind of, for me, when I think about making music, um, it reminds me, um, I guess, the there's music and then you've got the world of which music takes place. And I think I, a lot of the time I try and, at least on some level, create that kind of a song. So it just doesn't, I mean, it, you I like making songs that are just fun and it doesn't have to have a meaning and not everything has to have meaning. It can just, just exist and that's fine also. Mm -hmm. But I think the, the, there are ones, especially when I do like split albums, you know, I find that it starts to take this identity. You know, when I did one with Metaprise and we did Crewsoft and we wanted it to be something that you would only hear or potentially hear if you're on, you know, a P&O cruise or something. And get that kind of that kind of vibe of going scuba diving with strangers, or yeah. going to the bar, or having you know unlimited buffet, and it's not that great tasting, but you don't really mind because overall the whole holiday is quite nice. Mm -hmm. So the I think that may definitely have been the original inspiration or a catalyst for Porter Vong. <laughs> mm -mm. I hope so. I, and I, I really hope that um, Porter brings out some stuff soon because, you know, obviously they're got a lot of love um, for the for the for the scene and and I, I want the I want to I want to hear more um, and I think it's great if you can have a particular sound and then go okay I think I've I've reached the level of where that can what that can do for me and and then you know move on to something else mm -hmm. so you know obviously hats hats off to him. He has a new record, actually. We put it out on our Bandcamp, Private How Suite. Do I not know this? Private Suite Media. Bandcamp. Com. We oh, we need to, to do a better job of ad advertising it, but it's called Rollin' with Porter Volume One, Rockin' with the Best, oh and it God. came out I... uh, in May. But I'm like subscribed to you guys on Bandcamp. I should have got an email. And you know what my problem is? I subscribe to every person that I follow or can find. And yeah, so, like exactly. when I get an email saying blah blah, just release some new music. I've got like four thousand emails to get through. So I reckon it's probably there. I just haven't. <laughs> I haven't gotten to it yet because I'm like you know, it's like a, a ship going down, and I'm just using a bucket to try and empty out the water. It's just really not no. helping. Um, but no, I will, no, I yeah, had we'll get the same thing good. happened recently. I don't know if it was on this podcast or. Maybe it was in the meeting, the Nobody Here uh, movie, um, one of our meetings. But someone mm. didn't know, and I told them, and they were like, holy shit, Porter, no, no, no. So, yeah, check it out. Oh, cool. Rolling with Porter, will, yo. It's, it's a great album, actually. I love oh, it. I absolutely And there's will. still lots of tapes left, twice. like 40, something like that. Oh, sweet. Even yeah. better. Check it out. But, yeah, so, uh, you know. Yeah, back to your record. Yeah, yeah I love that record, actually. One of my favorite records. From the Cruisesoft uh, one? Cruisesoft, yeah. Can we uh, maybe play a song from it? Oh, go for it. Uh, I'd love to. Um, uh, what song? I don't know. It's just, it's the best album ever, man. Like, it's, that is one of the albums that I need when I wake up. Like, I, yeah, I have a lot of ang anxiety when I wake up. Mornings are 
I, I hate I hate mornings. Uh, but yep. after that, I'm good, you know, um, most of the time. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just when I get tired with all the things I'm doing, I do a lot. I'm losing my hair because I'm so stressed. <laughs> but I don't I'm really dope. need, I, I don't need to be, you know, I just do it because I love it sort of, but, you know all the vaporwave stuff and even like listening to vaporwave sometimes I'm like, why am I into this? Sometimes like every once in a while, not too often. Why am I doing all this? But then I listen to this record and it reminds me what it's all about. So thank you. Oh, that's cool. Oh no, no, thank you. That's a really nice way of putting it. That, uh, that means a lot. Oh man. You're the one that makes me feel the things with your music. It speaks so well. It's uh, <laughs> that's it's no cool, problem man. That's nice to whatsoever. Hear. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Let me pull up a song from that record. Let's put one on. We haven't put one on yet. So let's do it. Uh, let's do the first song on the record by you. Ship Guest and Meet and Greet. Oh, man, that's so good. It's like a, it's an everything's going to be okay song. Yeah, it's like your holiday is just starting, you know? You have no reason not to smile. Yeah, exactly. Amazing yeah. record. Great album cover. Everybody on the cruise ship around the, the swimming pool there, just hanging there. Yep. Feeling, uh, feeling that sense of life flow through them, getting that vitamin D. Yep, got to get the D. <laughs> Do you realize what you just said? I know exactly <laughs> what I said. Get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, if you no, haven't it's, heard it, it, it is good. Check it, is it good. out. It I is like good. It. It's, it, it's I've very... always enjoyed doing doing split albums with people because it's very yeah. easy to have your own idea about what you want to do. But when you start working with somebody, it doesn't become your idea. It becomes you know our idea, and that just it's it can be doubly as intriguing and and as vibrant and as contrasted as well so there's much more potential for for it to take on the, a mind of its own or a life of its own mm-hmm. 
maybe even more meaningful sometimes too. Oh, for sure. But you know, I think with music as it is with all art, um, you know, there's a, there has to be a certain level of subjectivity and interpretation. Mm. So, you know, even though it is, you know, won't beat around the bush, it is a cruise soft album and, and it's very straightforward as far as the idea is concerned. It's what kind of a cruise is it for you? You know, where are you going to? Um, where are you casting off from? How long was the holiday? What did you do while you were there? Those are all very personal things um, that we project to make it something that we can understand. And obviously that's through a, a projection of memories and, you know, ideas, mm -hmm. personal experiences, so to speak. Right. Absolutely. I just saw a comment on the Bandcamp page for the album here by uh, Sefi Starshine. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this know who they are. Amazing yep, person. Absolute champion. And they said, uh, a champion for sure. Beautifully smoothing album by two of the greatest vaporwave icons. My new go-to album for relaxation. 10 out of 10, Candy Hearts. <laughs> I love how she always gives it a, 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 gives it a, a, a Candy Heart rating. Yeah. I always find that really it's 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 fantastic to see reviews. I think people need to do it more often because it from from a producer's standpoint um it's completely reinvigorating, you know, it reminds me this mm -hmm. is why you're doing it because people actually listened to it and it affected them that much that they wanted to take a short moment in time to say this is how it made me feel and I loved it and and it's, you know, you do it for yourself, but when other people enjoy it, it's a real bonus that um, goes a, a hell of a long way. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, not all days for everybody are the greatest. And I'm sure seeing something like that is nice and, like, reassuring, you know? Oh, yeah. Look, you know, there's been, I'm not going to lie, there's been quite a number of times that I've thought, maybe this is just it for me. Maybe I've reached a point where I, I don't want to do it anymore. And then something like that will happen. I'll read a review or someone will just personally, you know, DM me and say, I just want to say I'm a big fan of your stuff or, you know, I really like what you're doing or whatever it is. And it it, it does kind of go, all right, fine, I'll keep I'll keep doing it then. You got me. <laughs> and, it, and it makes me it makes me smile and it makes me happy because I think from someone that has depression, um, you get that imposter syndrome, you know, you you doubt yourself. And you, you start thinking, I'm not good enough. I'm just, you know, I'm just fluking it. Nobody knows that I'm actually not that good at anything. <laughs> so when you get you get that sort of, that support from the community, uh, it kind of makes you go, no, shut up. You're good. Just keep, mm -hmm. you know, do it with do it with a happy, conscious intent and you'll always be satisfied with, um, with your product. Absolutely, man. Great way of putting it. Uh, we all have, we all have our things, you know, I have something similar. I'm always in my head thinking too much and yeah, it's good to know that uh, we can all in the vaporwave scene talk about this sort of thing and feel like we're not going to get judgment from each other and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's important to always have those conversations, um, mental oh, yeah. health where we all experience it on some level or another. Um, and, uh, I mean, that was that was one of the reasons why I came up with the name Blue Screen. You know, the first is the obvious sense because Blue Screen is the great dreaded blue screen of death. So that was my little sort of, you know, computer pun. But yeah. the digital, bro. It, but it's yeah. But the <laughs> but the blue, but the blue was also you know blue as in being sad because you know it's mm -hmm. something that up until when I was about thirty, I I kept it very very close to the chest. No one except for maybe 
you know, family members or one best friend would know about my depression. And I was very, I wasn't ready to talk about it. I wasn't ready to, you know, acknowledge it, not, not surrender like, oh, this is my problem, but rather this is just one small, but, you know, somewhat important factor of my life that sometimes can dictate everything else that I do. It's not the be all end all, but it's, but it's, you know, it's there. And Mm -hmm. I think it's important to remind uh, other artists and other people to, you know, to know that it's, it's okay. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to, to feel down about things. And it's most certainly okay to talk about it with other people because we're all, you know, we're all in this together, you know, and it's, and it can be very challenging. Yeah. Sometimes. (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. It's great. I'm I'm glad we took a moment for that. Okay, so yep, shout now- out to the brain. <laughs> yeah, fucking brains, man. Baby, mm. what do you want? <laughs> you so fat. She's bugging me more than normal right now. All right, what <laughs> what do we got? Actually, do it's been about an hour and a bit. Do you want to take a little break? Five minutes or so. Yep, five minutes. All right. All right. Perfect. So should I should I stop recording the? thingy no just keep it running let's keep it going okay cool i'll be back in five all right see you soon cool <clears throat> smoke over right. <coughs> hola que <laughs> me llamo brian oh see <coughs> see <coughs> yeah nobody knows my real name actually you probably know it i buy your tapes I guess you don't put out your tapes, though. It's labels that put out your tapes. Yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, I have no control over that. So I just, I just make the music and they sell it. Yeah. All right, you ready to hop back in? Yeah, man. Okay. All right, we're we are back. So I want to talk about one of your other records, another favorite mm-hmm. of mine. It's called For Keeps. Came out in oh yes, two thousand eighteen. Yeah. Um. Great album. Uh, you talked about blue in the word blue screen there a little bit. This album's yeah. a little blue, I would say, the album. And it, it has a sort of somber feel to it, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, it. Well, um, I actually got the I got the cover from... Where, where was it from? Okay, so there's like this... There's this hentai called... I, th- I don't know it's called L.A. Blue Girl. I think it's just called La Blue Girl, but there's like a dot between the two, I think, between L and A. Uh, so okay. I, I always just call it, I always just remember her as L.A. Blue Girl. But then, um, and like I hadn't, I'd seen like one episode episode and thought, okay, this is just like an old hentai, whatever. Um, but then I I liked the some of the, the character designs. So I went on a bit of a Google rabbit hole trip and discovered that it had also been made into a movie <laughs> i don't know to like what capacity or whatever but i was like oh wow, that's pretty interesting like okay and um yeah found uh an image of the main character sort of just coming out of um coming out of the water which is obviously what you see um on the on the cover but um so there in itself is another blue level is that uh, she actually came from a from a uh from a movie or hentai called uh that had blue in it blue girl um but yeah the the music itself i think i was um because that was one of the more later albums that i've done and i haven't really done that much since um mostly because i've been working on my uh, j card compilation series so that really became the focused 
um, my focus goal for the last couple of years. Uh, and I don't know, I think, I think when I was making that, I was a bit, as I was saying before, you know, the imposter syndrome, I think I was a bit fed up with myself mm. and I wasn't, yeah, in the greatest state of mind. And so when I was making it, I definitely wanted to make something that felt like a like a blue screen uh, album. But I don't think I was 100% happy with it. I felt like it just sounded like everything else I was doing. And I know that there were at least a couple... Well, I mean, I can guarantee that all the songs have been used before on somebody else's Vaporwave album. But <laughs> I, I suppose at this stage in the game, it's more about how you... Like what you do with the sample. Yeah. And um oh, and what absolutely. other songs are it's next to and and does it does it create is it you know does it flow well and does it have mm-hmm. any sort of um does it feel like a a smaller piece of a larger puzzle. So I I was sort of judging myself because I had someone point out that one sample had been used by someone else and I you know, it kind of got me down, and but I mean, it was constructive criticism. It's like, okay, you you recognize the sample, that's fair. You know, that's not um, that's not out of the ordinary. But I think just because I was already feeling a bit sort of sensitive, um, it made me yeah, it made me feel kind of a bit meh about it. Yeah. But um, but since then, I've just kind of gone look. You know, it it happens. The amount of time that I've heard, especially from a label point of view, you know, hearing albums coming in as submissions and knowing that samples knowing that sample has existed on all these other records that are probably also on Sunset Grid and just kind of accepting that you know it's not it's not super important it's just what you do with it and it's most certainly not my it's not my place to tell a, a you know a younger producer or or a new producer you know um what to make and what not to make and what samples to to use and what not to use it's a very personal journey and just because somebody's used red in a painting doesn't mean you can't use red in your own painting it's just the context or blue in this matter yeah in this, exactly. in this particular example might be a bit more apt mm-hmm. so yeah it, it it's definitely yeah, a right. it's definitely an album that i like and i think the tape came out really well and yeah hairs of blazing's a great a great label so yeah I, i've come to l- like it a lot more but at the time it, it definitely there is some Mm. There was some negative connotations just because of where my head was at at the time. Yeah, yeah. That's all. It's it's a masterfully curated, my friend. Like, think about artists like Waterfront Dining or something. You know, think about how much criticism they get. You know, it's it's bound to happen, right? So, yeah. I'm yeah, glad, I'm glad yeah. you're over it. So, why is it called For Keeps? What does that mean to you? And um, the album. Yeah, I think I think For Keeps. I I wanted it to. I think I was thinking about, I don't know whether it was about a relationship with myself or if it was a, a, a made-up relationship with somebody else, but I think, I think I was trying to, I think I was just trying to emotionally connect with the idea of maybe being with somebody irrespective of my faults and, you know, kind of like if you're, like I want to be with somebody for keeps, you know, I don't want it uh, to be a, a willy-nilly floozy sort of encounter mm-hmm. i want there to be i want there to be some kind of substance and some kind of longevity so yeah i think it could mean a lot of things but yeah definitely i think i was trying to say something about my relationship with myself and maybe my relationship potential relationships with somebody in the future mm-hmm. absolutely i like the word substance you used that's how all relationships should be and your your impact and your um, 
like when you intersect people in in, in the day to day, you know, so many people out there, it's really hard to, but that's something I think people um, would, the world would benefit from people being more mindful of. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, being mindful is, is one of the best lessons that any individual can learn. And that can be about personal space. It can be about, um, you know, reading a room, you know, picking up on other people's energy and understanding, you know, people's emotions and their feelings and then being respectful of that. You know, mindfulness is just forever, you know, it should be constantly practiced or at least tried to be acknowledged. Um, you know, I mean, there's, you know, we're going to have all different kinds of interactions with people and not all of them are going to be great. But yeah, the the substance is, is, is the thing that you take away from it, the thing that you will look back on and, and go, well, at least I did everything in my power to um, make it a good interaction or at least I uh, was trying to do the right thing in any uh, given situation. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's important, I think, also. Yeah, I agree with you on that one for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of um, substance... Let's dive into the water stage level and listen to a song from For Keeps called Water Stage. If you didn't pick up on that, everybody, (laughs) here it is.
God damn, your music makes me smile, man. Uh, thanks, man. <laughs> that means a lot. <laughs> oh, amazing song. Gotta have a uh, while stage. I was listening to you, I was thinking, is that gonna? Be- I hope this isn't the song that he was talking about that somebody pointed out. No, I think that might have been just a. I think that was probably one of the moments that I managed to put some good into it, put some happiness into it. Ironically, being underwater because it's a water stage, so you'd you'd be submerged. But maybe it was a it was a peaceful, yeah. It was it was a peaceful song of being underwater, not feeling like you're drowning or that you're trapped or whatever. It was the Mario sixty four kind of underwater. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was kind of you know. That's what I was going for. Mario I feel Sunshine. like everybody needs to. Yeah, everyone needs to have a have a water stage in their music. Yeah. Best water stage for me is uh, the song, what is it, Aquarius, Aquatic Aquarius or something from Donkey Kong. Oh, Aquatic Ambience. Aquatic Ambience, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, dude, that's the ticket. It's funny that you mentioned that. that shit. Oh, yeah, why? Um, well, I went to um, visit a friend of mine um, sort of north of where I'm at, maybe 40 minutes by car, a bit more, and um, we were... Uh, we were hanging out and getting festive. It was me and, and two other friends. <clears throat> and uh, he's like a fucking genius on the piano. Um, he, I think his parents bought him a piano when he was uh, a kid because he really wanted to learn. And so since then, he's just got this ear for picking up a melody. And mm-hmm. so we're all hanging out and we're getting pretty loose. And so I don't know. I don't know what time it was. Probably like 1 a.m. or something. I was like, oh, dude, can you play the aquatic ambience? And he's like, he just jumps straight onto it and just starts playing it. And I'm just like... He was just taking me places because he's doing it in this really sort of, um, I don't know, I, I guess it's just like one of the generic piano sounds, but he put like this sort of long ride sort of uh, reverb on it. So mm-hmm. it was really atmospheric. Beautiful and, um, rendition, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. he was just taking me places. I was like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. I love the fact that I can just snap my fingers and he just starts playing it. So yeah, always, always a very, very, uh, it's a great track and um and I think we're not the only ones that have appreciation for it in the vapor community either. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah, it must be good. So a lot of people use it. <clears throat> yeah, it's doing something. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. <laughs> Fucking, just, I fed her twice already today. Like, come on. Maybe she wants love and attention. <laughs> she does. She's my special girl. <laughs> if you want to know who I'm talking about, check out my Instagram. There's a couple pictures of her on there. Um, whoever's listening. <laughs> check it out check it out speaking of checking people out uh where what's the best place for people to check you out? i know you got twitter instagram facebook you're kind of all over the place you got youtube yeah got the youtube under the sunset uh sunset grid account so most of the i've got to upload a lot more albums that's kind of fallen by the wayside a bit but um, yeah, you know, anytime that I'll do an edit for a, for a song, the, the music video goes up, uh, on there, on Facebook. Yeah, you, you nailed it all, man. It's all there. <laughs> and, um, what else? Obviously my Bandcamp, SoundCloud. I do have an Audius, but I haven't really used it because after that whole SoundCloud thing, kind of like it became an issue and everyone was like, oh no, fuck SoundCloud. But then SoundCloud will made it okay again. I don't know. I don't really use either of those very often because I kind of feel like, you know, Bandcamp is where it's at. If that's where you want to hear my stuff, yeah. you can. That's where you can hear it. Um, so, I'm just trying to think if there's any other any other places, but there's not really. Maybe 
Uh, oh, yeah, my Mixcloud, which is where I do my death mixes uh, mm-hmm. once a fortnight, which yeah. I, I've, I've really enjoyed. Mm. I want to talk about those a bit later. Uh, where? Mm-hmm. What's the best place for people to get in touch with you then? Um, uh, well, I have a link tree, so that has a link to every other site that I'm possibly on. So if you want to put that in your comment or your video bio um, or description, then that would be the one to do. I think it's just... Uh, oh, we'll do them all, baby. Link. We'll get yeah, them all. So it's like the link, <laughs> blue screen music with the blue underscore screen underscore music. Okay. Uh, Violin Yeah. And, and we'll link that. Um, and to submit to the label, email sunsetgrid at gmail.com, I believe. Yes, or um, minus Tyler at gmail.com. I've found some of the times when people send me an album, uh, the because the Gmail that Sunset uses is under, it's like a dummy account under the my main one, which is minus Tyler. So sometimes I won't have permission to actually listen to or download the album. Um, oh, I see. So if you want a surefire way, just send it to the minus Tyler at gmail.com email okay. address and you'll get it for sure. <laughs> there you go cool so let's talk about let's talk about anime you love anime i i i'm pretty what sure you're talking about according to your my anime list i couple. don't know what you're talking about i fucking hate anime i think it's annoying it's boring uh it's uh, yeah no look i i may i may have watched a couple of episodes i think just recently i managed to watch over three thousand episodes of anime um i wish i could like get paid for that kind of dedication you know that would be cool but you know that's each episode that i've watched maybe on average about 20 25 minutes but that also includes uh movies as well and little shorts that only go for like five minutes so all in all Mm. quite a lot i think it's over a month if i sat there and didn't have to sleep or eat i could watch over a month of anime back to back and i would have basically covered about 3000 episodes <laughs> so yeah i like it a bit yeah it's, it can do a lot if you don't have to sleep so why what's your what's your favorite anime like what, what's the appeal well uh when i was about maybe 10 or 11 uh my my dad um came across akira um or akira and he told me about it and you know, it looked like nothing I'd ever seen before. And I'm just talking about the front cover. He actually forbid me from from watching it. He said, this is not, it's animated, but it's not a cartoon. You know, and I think that's the, the difference between watching Rugrats and, and this mm-hmm. versus this, you know, cyberpunk masterpiece. Um, it's, well, that was it, a catalyst right there, telling you to not do mm-hmm. something and showing it to you. <laughs> I know. I, I, I saw that as kind of like an encouragement. I was like, yeah. well, you've just gone and done it now. I have to watch it. So I did. I, 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 my, the guy that ran the local video shop, um, I was on good terms with him because I would always go there and rent stuff and I'd always be kind and rewind. So he, I was a good customer and he knew that I wasn't 15. And when I kind of brought it up, he was like, ah, it's all good, man. If anybody asks, you know, you didn't, Someone else, I, I rented it to somebody else and then they bought, they let you borrow it or something. So we had yeah. this like, you know, we had our scheme all set in place and I watched it and there's um, the, there's one scene sort of uh, near the beginning where this guy, you know, he's uh, trying to smuggle out one of these 
you know, the, the prune kids that are all, mm-hmm. their faces are all blue and they're all messed up and they're all psychic and he gets absolutely, you know, gunned down in the street. And just the, the animation of that scene and the blood that's coming out of him, it just, it really traumatized me at the time. And, you know, I watched the rest of it, but, but it just affected me and it kind of stayed with me. Mm-hmm. And from that point onwards. Should have listened to your dad. Um, yeah, I should have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I did tell him, I did tell him, and he was a little kind of pissed off. But then by that point, you know, it's it's like, look, I, I kind of understand what I'm getting into. <coughs> and so I just went as far as I could into renting out any video that was by, um, we had a distribution company called Manga, and they would do they would do localizations of all the, the Japanese classics. So Ninja Scroll, Ghost in the Shell, Akira, and so mm. forth. So I, I don't really, just before I moved here, anime wasn't really a big thing because I felt like so much anime had come out that I, I almost felt like I wasn't worthy of trying to get back into it. But then, and I think it kind of came hand in hand with Vaporwave, though not in any direct sense. I just happened to get into Vaporwave and then I was sort of naturally reminded that um, anime still exists. And, and uh, I think Future Funk probably... Uh, played a big mm-hmm. a big role in that so then i just started going back and watching all the oldies and then just started watching new stuff you know i subscribed to a couple of streaming sites and um you know the the, the old ones the 80s ones i feel like were much more violent and visceral and they weren't same as we were talking about before you know the 80s and the 90s they had the balls to go places where you just don't really go yeah. very much anymore I find animes become quite a, a widespread mainstream thing, and there's literally an anime for any kind of person or or interest. Oh yeah, um, that you can have. But for me personally, the the really full on stuff, you know, Cyber City and Banjo- Battle Angel Alita and all of the classic '80s, um, you know, Dirty Pair and all, all of that. That was those are my jams. Um, you know, Neon Genesis, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just, I just I love the old school stuff more because it's just super like I don't know it just feels different than the anime we get now. It's so clean and crisp and cutie and and it's it's good for what it is, but it takes a lot to really grab my attention. I just I just watch it. Um, uh, I just watch new stuff um, because I can because I have I, I have access to it. But in order to talk about it, it really has to um, you know catch my attention and wow me and be very mm-hmm. unique and, and interesting. Mm. So how do you pick a new show? Like, do you watch YouTubers talk about it first? Because there's so many. Like, you can really make a mistake and invest time in something that's worthless. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And I've done that. You know, yeah. and and because of the the person that I am, I'll start watching an anime, and I'm like, uh, this is kind of like a five out of ten. But I feel I feel like I owe it to myself to stay committed and torture myself and watch the whole season, which I'll do. And then I'll go, yeah. Oh, like I'm kind of hoping maybe it'll go from a five out of ten to a seven out of ten, but it kind of just stays at a five out of ten, and that's that's mm. my that's my mistake. That's on me. Um, but I think usually, um, you know, every three months, you know, we get a new anime season, so they'll do an announcement of the next lot of shows, maybe you know, ten to twenty new shows that are coming up, and I'll give all of them a go um, for the first couple of episodes, and then if there's one that really grabs me, um, then you know, I'll. Mm. I'll I'll stay committed to it. Um, I can't yeah. think of ones recently, but oh, maybe Demon Slayer. You know, I really like that. Oh, yeah. um, everybody, everybody seems to hate Darling in the Franks. 
uh, as well, but that was actually the anime that got me back, sort of got me back into watching it since I moved up here. Um, cause it's just robots and a trashy storyline and, but like great action sequences and a good soundtrack. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of hard to, to answer that question. I think I just give everything a go and just see what sits. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I see you like, uh, Studio Ghibli as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Massive props. You gave Those Howl's were, Moving um, Castle a nine. I respect that. Oh, it's beautiful. It's, you know... Uh, so gorgeous. It's magical. It's just magical. I can't Absolutely. think of any other word that, that I can describe it with that would do mm-hmm. do better justice other than it's just all of Studio Ghibli's stuff, even the stuff that isn't as popular as Howl's, um, is, is just magical. There's just something about that style that you just don't see anywhere else. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it's, yeah, it's beautiful. So what were your thoughts? I, I heard Made in Abyss is quite good. I need to watch that. Oh, yes. I definitely rate that. Yeah, highly recommend checking that out. I'm waiting for the, I think the first season was over about a year or so ago, and then we're getting a movie and then mm. maybe a second season, but I haven't seen the movie yet. But yeah, nice. it's it's great. Yeah, that's also got a lot of magic, but it's also very, it's very dark, and there's a few moments where you're just kind of like, whoa, okay, I was not expecting that. Oh, it's got shit. a Yeah, it's got an intensity, and visually, it's just like eye candy. So Yeah, yeah it sort of super, reminded super me recommended. of Ghibli stuff a little bit, so that's why I asked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well- It's on the you know, list. It's, yeah, yep, yep, check it out. So much- do you have a strategy for how you find the time for all of it? Considering, you know, you make so many albums and you run your label and, you know, I'm sure you do a lot of other things. Um, I generally, my routine involves, so I have some medical issues that are sort of preventing me from working in the, from a capitalist perspective, like an official, you know, nine to five, it's sort of making mm-hmm. it a bit difficult for me. So that's probably one of the reasons why i'm able to make as much music as i can and why i'm able to to watch anime as much as i can i'll wake up in the morning i'll make myself a coffee and have a boiled egg and a piece of toast and then i'll watch anime as part of my morning routine you know some people read a newspaper Mm. i like to watch some anime because i feel like it puts me in a good mood it it serves as a distraction while my body is waking up um so yeah i'll watch maybe an hour and a half worth of anime maybe a little bit less Nice. And then I'll come downstairs, start working on music, going through emails, going through album submissions and doing all of that. And then at the evening, I'll do the same. I'll watch a few more episodes of something if I'm really, uh, really keen on it um, or just something completely different. You know, watch Star Wars or, you know, Gravity Falls or something, something yeah. more Western. Mm-hmm. I should do that. I I kind of have the same thing. Like I'll wake up in the morning and just watch YouTube vids for an hour while I wake up and eat mm-hmm. and all that. But <clears throat> I have all these shows I need to watch. Maybe, maybe I should start doing that in the morning. I'm just tired. I can't pay uh, attention. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if it was, you know, if it was like a serious full-on show, it might, um, it might be counterproductive. It can be a bit too intense. Um, yeah, you know, exactly. You want to, you want to feel, work. yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Um, but for, for, for me, I feel like the, the ends justify the means. Um, it, it's, uh, yeah. it seems to work. So I'm just gonna, and it's, and, and as I was saying, you know, the morning and the evening is the only time that I really want to dedicate to doing something that's not directly creative. So 
the sooner you do it, the sooner you can start getting through your watch list, which is always growing because mm-hmm. we're all victims of being spoiled for choice. You know, with Netflix right. and Hulu and Stan and Amazon and blah, blah, blah. Not that you should be watching anything on Amazon because Amazon are terrible. <laughs> well, Amazon isn't terrible, but it's bosses. So I'll just take a dig at him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't pay for anything. I pay for Netflix, actually. That's it. Yeah, cool. I'm, I'm old right, school, then. you know. I got to have all my shit locally. Yep. So uh, so give me give me two anime that are your favorite that you would want to suggest for newcomers or, you know, whoever. Maybe someone that Oof. judges anime and doesn't sees it on a surface level sort of thing. And then give me two for... Uh, that are your favorites for people that do watch anime a lot and maybe something that's a little lesser known but deserves a watch oh that's a hard question okay um well for people that haven't that don't really watch anime and might want to get into it there's this uh series that finished uh last season i think it was it was called it's called keep your hands off um i think it's a zoken which is basically about it's an anime about anime so it's 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 quite it's got this really nice sort of like meta vibe about it you have these three girls they all end up starting an animation club at their japanese school one of them's really really good at drawing technology and cars and robots and the other one's really good at drawing people and likes to do movements and fluid actions and the third one is kind of like the brains of the of the outfit and as trying to make it into a profitable sort of venture and also serves as a way of making the other two creatives stick to a routine so they can actually create not just sit around um, doing it for no reason at all Um, it's really charming it's got a, a wonderful soundtrack. The characters are really engaging and, and very different from each other. Um, and yeah, as I said, it's it's about anime. So this is kind of like a nice way of watching an anime, which is telling you how, to a certain extent, anime is made. So I definitely recommend that one for people that don't really know where to start. It I is a series as well. So sure. yeah, yeah, I definitely recommend that one. And there's a manga um, for it too? Yes, there is a manga. I think it was based on the manga first. And now they do a live action series in Japan as well, which I haven't checked out because I don't I don't know. I always just prefer the yeah, anime adaptations. It's gotta be yeah, yeah. it's gotta be really, really good if it's gonna be live action. Like <clears throat> like balls out crazy good. And mm-hmm. it usually isn't for me, at least. No. Great. Um, Thanks. That's a great one. Very excited. What else you got? What else have I got? Well, yeah, I'm really obsessed with Demon Slayer. Um that manga has just finished, I think, like a couple of weeks ago. Oh, wow. And we got the first... Yeah, we got one season and we're getting a, a movie which covers a certain arc within the story. Um, once again... Uh, and it's... it's I don't know if they call it the... Is it a shoujin? Like a particular style where it's, um, you know, the hero and the internal monologue. And I've got to do this right. and I've got to yeah, be stronger yeah. and I can do it because I'm motivated because yeah. my Naruto friends love me. style Dragon Ball. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm like full full disclosure, man. Like I, I don't watch Naruto. I don't watch Dragon Ball. I don't watch One Punch Man or One Piece. Like I just find that's just such a story. There's so much of it. And I've maybe given all of them a go and I just can't get into it for the life of me. So I wouldn't, I can't speak on behalf of recommending those because I just don't. I just, uh, yeah, it doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, Demon Slayer does. And I think that I attribute that mostly because it has um, 
some great characters and it's beautifully animated. There are some sequences in that I was just like, oh, this is so good. It's just, um, yeah, so vibrant. So I, I, I definitely recommend that um, as well. And older animes, yeah, just do the classic. If you haven't seen Ikira, watch Ikira. If you haven't seen the first Ghost in the Shell, watch that one. The You've got to look at where we've been. And that was where I started, mm-hmm. you know, sort of in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, that's obviously not the beginning of animation in Japan as a whole. Astro Boy's fantastic as well. And Sailor Moon, the old Sailor Moon series is, is, is great. Um, I feel that those are always the ones that make me happy, even if the subject matter happens to be very, you know, dark and, and depressing. Uh, it's still, it's still ha- uh, nothing else can hold a, hold a candle to it. So maybe mm. maybe it sounds like a dated answer because I'm yeah in my late thirties, but those ones just meant the world to me. And if uh, and if people haven't seen those ones that I mentioned, then I I highly highly recommend going into it because I feel like Akira was the game changer. It was what introduced anime to the Western audience, and there's a reason for that. I'm sure it makes you have a much higher level of appreciation for the newer stuff like you were saying like know where we came from sort of Mm -hmm. yeah for sure and you know it's the way that uh the way that animation takes place is obviously a lot of it's just done digital now and you can sort of see that difference between hand-drawn cell animation to just doing straight up I mean, it's obviously all hand-drawn but now it's just straight into the digital rather than having you know the old school flip flip pages and and uh, there's something, there's a certain kind of charm. And, and I think maybe in, in its own way, um, as far as nostalgia is concerned, it, that can be applied to a love for 80s technology and 80s music. You know, they don't do it the way they used to. And I think anime is just one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And well, I think... Uh... Anything with robots. Anything with robots. I don't, I don't even really care about fan service. Fan service is kind of like, it's just there it doesn't bother me, but I'm not, I'm not like, I don't watch anime just, I don't watch anime for fan service moments. I think it's just kind of like, whatever. Um, some people love it. Some people loathe it. I'm, I'm sort of like neutral. I can take it or leave it, but it's definitely, if, if it's, if it's crazy, if it's got action, if it's got, you know, interesting motives and theory, uh, uh, and, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? If it's, uh, if it's some sort of, if it makes you think, um, Mm-hmm. If it's provocative in the right kind of way, not in a very obvious sort of fan service way. Yeah. And um, and if it sticks with you, you know, like my, uh, talking about Darling in the Franks, my friend, I wanted her to see it and she's not an anime person at all. And I said, you've got to watch this, just watch an episode or two with me and tell me if that's something you think you could watch. And for some reason, I think I just got lucky. She really loved it. And then we, nice. you know, would meet up and, and watch the episode every week. And then for the season finale or the last couple of episodes, because there's this sort of blue red visual theme that they're going for, um, we'd get some, you know, Stolichnia Ruskies, like some, some Stoli Ruskies, um, which like, you know, sort of vodka okay. based. I figured um, <laughs> fizzy, fizzy. They're not great, but you know, I haven't had, I yeah. hadn't had them since I was fourteen, and the last time I had that, I was, I vomited. But yeah, but they have the. I colors. figure, uh, yeah, but they got the color, so I, you know, I well, actually, no, they were just sort of straight up gray or like light, like a light gray. So I got some food coloring, and oh, I yeah. one, you know, red colored, one blue colored, nice, and nice. so anytime the main character, 
she always refers to her her like her partner as darling. So anytime she says darling, we have to have a shot. Yeah. And so we were doing, and all I can say is that I don't really remember the end of the series because we were so smashed because all she ever does in that show is says darling like every fucking second. Um, so that was fun. Make a drinking game into it and, and you'll enjoy it. And find a That friend. was, yeah. Yeah. Darling in the Franks is cool. Yeah. I rate it. Speaking of, uh, you, you mentioned a dark, the older animes were darker a little bit and Sailor Moon. Mm. Can we talk? I think I may have mentioned this on the show once before. I don't know, but you you may have something to comment on about this. But the differences between the Sailor Moon ending and uh, in in Japan and North America. I don't know if you've mm, if you mm. know the differences or. I imagine you would, but um, no, actually, I haven't gotten to the end of either version. Okay, so so let's um, not spoil no spoilers. It. But I will say I'm not. It's not surprising to have you say that there's a difference. I'm sorry, um, that was a spoiler. Then <laughs> no, 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 that, no. That's actually really intriguing. That's going to make me want to get to it because yeah. I know that um, you know that's one. Of, I mean, even the opening sequ- the opening um, theme is different. You know, like we've got the we've got the Japanese version of what's actually being said, and then the Engl- the Western version, which was a completely you know kind of. I mean, it's catchy because it's sung in the same time, the same notes, and everything. But I think it just goes to show that there are sometimes there are ways that it may have been intended to come out like that, but Western audiences aren't always going to get it, and they're not mm-hmm. always going to be entertained or or um, perplexed by it. And I think that's just that's a statement about um, Eastern cinema um, as a whole. You know, a lot of people can't get behind it because maybe it leaves too much open to interpretation. Maybe it's too existential. Maybe it's too philosophical. And, you know, I don't know why Western audiences find it so hard to get out of a movie or watch a show and want not want to talk about it. It's like the whole point is to talk about what do you think the ending meant? What do you think? How did it make you feel? It's like, I don't know. I just wanted it to end. It's like, but uh, isn't, isn't watching stuff kind of the what makes it fun is that you want to talk about it with people? And how it made you feel, and if you think that it is open to any, any kind of interpretation. But anyway, um, I digress. I still think um, <laughs> I'll definitely check out Sailor Moon and see uh, see the differences, and then I'll I'll I'll, I'll tweet you. Nice. And I'll be like, oh, do. that's what you meant. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. uh, it is sure. quite uh, quite a profound difference. But it is interesting. Cool. I'm intrigued. How I think the current era of technology. There's something to be said about people not talking about things as much or maybe they are, but cause you know, there's a subreddit for many shows like breaking bad subreddit, you know, game of Thrones subreddit, mm-hmm. whatever. But, uh, people don't like gather around after being at the cinema and talk about the film, you know, and how it impacted them, especially a, like a cognitive film, like you were talking about earlier. And that's a, that's, yeah. I find is such a tragic thing. Like, uh, in the Western cinema culture, we just, maybe it's yep. because we're overloaded by choice, like you were saying again, but, uh, and our current state of technology and whatever. But, um, yeah, I really wish we, we did that. People reflected on the experiences they had with cinema more. Yeah. I think it's important. Um, maybe it's just the friends that we have that we all kind of like to open up the forum and kind of, you know, we want to discuss different themes and ideas that may have been. Uh, carried through or portrayed or attempted to be portrayed in any set sort of media. But I I think the first time I ever noticed a difference between 
Western and Eastern audiences was I was watching a lot of J-horror um, sort of in the late 90s and early 2000s after I'd seen Ringu. And oh, yeah. I just became obs- I just became obsessed with Japanese horror. I just thought it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. And, and it was scary. Like, for me, I-, I love horror movies, but a lot of Western horror is just kind of, you know, just violence for the sake of violence. There's no context. And I think yeah, that that can be boring. Scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's it's they're sort of cheap thrills, and maybe it works for a certain group of people, um, and that's why it sells. But you know, Eastern horror, it's not about it. What you're afraid of, it's it's sort of the it's it's the way in which you're afraid. It's not knowing exactly what you should be fearing. I think that's why um, you know Ringu was so good. Is there's this curse you can't really do anything to stop it from from coming for you, and so you're trying to scramble to figure out you know how to fix it. Or how to stop it or end it. Uh, same with you know the Grudge, you know Juon, mm-hmm. and a lot of the other ones as well. I would show that to people, and they'd be like, "Well, it was you know scary, and I liked it, but I don't really get it." And I think that's, but that's good because then that means there's there's more for you to pick up on when you when you watch it again. Hopefully, if you watch it again, or at least there's that in itself is a topic to bring up after the movie with your friends and say, okay, I, I liked this, I, I didn't like that, but I didn't really understand the ending. I find Eastern horror, the endings are always a little bit more sort of open. Um, it's not always about this kind of, well, we killed the axe-wielding maniac and now we have closure because one of us still survived, you know, the camp massacre of 1989. It's like yeah. there's, there's, there's still room to move. There's still room for discussion. And I think that's a very important thing when it comes to, to art in general mm-hmm. it's mm. it's sad well in art like you can have a unless it's art house cinema for example but you're gonna go to the movie theater and then you just leave and maybe you're with friends maybe not maybe you'll talk <clears throat> about it a little bit but what i'm like yeah. i i'm actually a filmmaker the reason i wanted to be a filmmaker was so i could make films that people couldn't not talk about after they saw and walked out of the theater and i think right right yeah um, it was different when I was going to school in like 2006 and uh, YouTube wasn't really big yet. You know, people weren't learning how to be filmmakers by just studying online and all these free tools, resources, which are great to have now yeah. for for anyone can just do whatever they want. But there's something that's been lost with going to the cinema and talking to people that go to the cinema like nobody talks to anybody that goes to the cinema, unless you know them already, you ain't going to talk to mm. anybody unless it's the cashier serving you popcorn, you know? like <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. So that Very makes true. me sad. Yeah, and the- that, I feel like in, in the East, in Europe, all, wherever, it, maybe it's not quite like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, the way that we, I mean, we're, we're just a product of our environment. We've, we've been brought up to be quite used to certain kinds of movie making and shows and and um and animations as well um but of course that's a completely different experience and all you have to do is just jump a few continents um you know but then you start bringing up things like what kinds of movies are being shown and are they being censored and to what degree are they being censored and what hour of the day are they being shown you know all of this is sort of relative in terms of shaping at least the foundation of your interests in things like art movie music um it's uh it's a very personal journey that we're all sharing together um but the experience is still unique no it really is 
I wonder how mm. much films and shows and stuff like that. And obviously I'm sure there's the big ones for people like Breaking Bad for me, for example. And I know a lot of other people. Oh yeah. But uh, like stay with people. Like there's so many shows people just go through on Netflix, just hammering through yeah. them. Maybe, maybe yep. the same with you for your anime. I don't know how much, you know, you, uh, how much of it sticks. Yeah. And how you, how much you think about them after the fact. And I think that's an infer- interesting conversation topic for a few, few minutes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely feel like you can tell that it's made by people that, love what they do Frankie bad's a fantastic example that will absolutely always be a show that i will recommend to other people um just because of every every facet of its production is just so meticulously well thought out and planned you know there were no loopholes in that story you know you i mean i loved um uh, game of thrones when it first came out but you know the last couple of seasons i was yeah. like god oh, guys you know what are you doing <laughs> you know this thing is just dying in your hands um and now nobody talks about it because everybody wants to forget about how much we had invested in you know the theory of you know who john snow was and all this kind of stuff but you know it was that was our discussion mm-hmm. and then it just kind of bleh, just died in the water and now I, I can't remember the last time, other than when you just talking about it then, where someone's mentioned yeah. Breaking Bad since the show started. Because we just want to forget about it. Or Game of Thrones, not past. Breaking Bad. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like there's a they both had potential, but the only difference is is that Breaking Bad maintained that um, intense level of quality. You know, it was always there right up until the end, and I I I can't you know. I can't really fault it. Um, but yeah, same with anime. You know, there are shows that will always stick with me and I'll always rate them and, and I'll even go back and watch them again. But um, we're at a stage of our lives where we're just consuming. And this comes down to Vaporwave as well. Music and, you know, creating. Everybody's creating faster than we're able to actually digest it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people prefer that. You know, I've, I've, I've watched... Uh, docos of people talking about vaporwave and that they like how they can just put stuff on random and that they may never even hear that song again and they like that they like the disposable appeal mm. um however you know it's it it doesn't have to be disposable if you want to go back and um and listen to it again uh, maybe it, it maybe it just didn't sound that great to you maybe it's an association where it, you like having it on in the background because you don't have to think about it or discuss it um once again as i said it's a very it's a very personal thing but we're at a stage where everything is kind of like fast food you know we're never not connected to some form of media um or mediums mm-hmm. and uh it's important to yeah, have your favorites, and because 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 clearly, you know your your favorites are a favorite for a reason. If it if it actually stands out amongst all of these choices and all of these things that we're feeding into our eyes and our mouths and our ears, then it um, clearly is um, important if we if we are going to discuss it, um, because we have not enough time to discuss all the things that are that are being presented to us. That's true. It's fatigue. There's a lot of fatigue trying to do that. Oh, choice fatigue, man. It kills me. I go on Netflix and I spend 20 minutes just looking at 
potential shows to watch instead of just fucking picking one. Sorry, if, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. Yeah, I'll, yeah, swear uh, it up. Try to. Ah, oh, sweet. <laughs> so. <laughs> You're Aussie. Like it's it's um, part of your blood. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, yeah, what can I say? It's 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 sorry it's if that true. Was stereotypical. No, it's very true. We we do we we cuss like a sailor. What can I say? Yeah, it's weird. Like you know, people we're so used to saying it. Um, you know, just swearing and saying, "Oh fuck this!" Oh, you fucking cunt. But we, you know, it's it sounds so crass to people that aren't used to saying it all the time. But for us, it's like oh, it's just normal. You know, you're a sick cunt. You're a mad cunt. Mm-hmm. They go, "What?" They go, "No, that's a good thing." Yeah. Don't worry. It's a, no, no, no. You're like you're my mate, and they go, "Oh, okay, cool, okay." Yeah, <laughs> it's should great. try and do a bit more gender neutral instead of someone calling somebody a sick kind of say you're a, you're a mad asshole. No, They're- yeah, asshole. Everyone's got one of those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's no, it's great. I feel like it lightens it lightens things up if every if everybody's like with it, you know. Yeah, and in the end, there's more important things to be offended by than than a cuss word. Yeah. <clears throat> There's this YouTuber I've been seeing getting more and more popular from Australia. I don't know if you've seen him. He does cooking in his kitchen. Uh, Nat's oh. What I Reckon is his name. Nat's What I Reckon. Okay. N- I haven't heard of him. Nat's What I Reckon. Check him out. He's pretty f- hilarious. And he uh, yeah. he supports you know good nutrition and he will maybe help you learn how to make some delicious food, healthy food at home that's going to taste better and be cheaper than what you buy pre-made at the store and he's fucking hilarious so yeah check him out that's that's what i reckon all right i will check it out that actually Um, sort of inspires me i've I've wanted to do a cooking show for myself um because i love to cook as well so maybe it'll 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 motivate me to to you know pull out the camera and the tripod and do my own little web series do it man no i saw on your twitter actually you're showing sometimes you're cooking and all that yeah i love to cook dude food is food is just the best <laughs> yeah i wish i lived Especially with somebody you make yourself making food for yourself over and over and over again is like it's hard to have oh, motivation it? for it every day and don't get to take uh, okay. turns with well now that's fair that's fair yeah that's fair. <clears throat> but i do it sometimes usually i just make soup different kinds of soup crock pot oh, dude i love easy soup. shit yeah yeah dude Hell yeah. That was one of that was the reason why I started getting into cooking is my mum used to make uh, a particular kind of soup that had 15 different ingredients in it and Ooh. she she would call it the mystery Thai pumpkin soup and <laughs> so obviously pumpkins in it but she wouldn't tell me anything else that was in it. She said, "But if you can guess it all, I'll give you like, I don't know, maybe in like 10 or 12. I'll give you 10 bucks." If you can guess them all. So I'd get like, you know, okay, so there's potato. There's, Break out you know, the pen and paper, start making a list. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to get it all down. I'm like, it's got, it's got to be this, this, and this. Anyway, I could never get to it. But then when I was living at a home, um, I don't know, maybe about 10 years ago, I said, look, mom, I think it's time for you to, to give me this recipe because I want to start cooking for myself. And I think soup is the best jump point because it's it's easy. It keeps well, like it, you know, it can it can keep well in the fridge for for a long time, and mm-hmm. um, and it's you know, it's everything's already processed depending on how thick or thin you know you like your soup, and yeah, I've got like a, a soup bible. It's got about five hundred different soup recipes in it. Nice. Um, yeah, soup is the shit. Yeah, so number one. Pro- props to the soup, man. Props to the sh- to the soup. I have a lovely steak stew that i made it's kind of a stew it's a little more runny oh, yeah. but it's delicious and next i'm going mm. to make a borscht oh awesome yeah yeah nice delicious dish i think it's a ukrainian 
perhaps. So yeah. Beats are the yeah. main um, ingredient for our listeners. Check it out. Yeah, very super, healthy. Super pink looking. Very good for you. Yeah. Very, uh, very tasty. Yeah, so good. So uh, speaking of videos, I want to talk about your videos a little bit. You have quite a lot mm-hmm. and a lot of, they're really, really good. Uh, I don't know where you learn how to edit and where you get all your footage from, where, what inspired you to start doing it and how it's kind of evolved over the years. Maybe we can talk about that. Well, yeah, sure. Uh, I don't know. It just kind of seemed like a no brainer, really. Uh, a lot of the music that I was making, I just felt, you know, to seal the package, to really top off the presentation, you need some sort of, it's nice to have an audio visual presentation, you know, and I mm-hmm. especially to a paper. song that I thought, yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, and I, I don't think I'm the only one. I think a lot of people probably do the same. They'll go online and see if they can find some archived montage of, you know, 80s ads from Japan or, or thereabouts. Um, and every now and then I'll use, uh, you know, some old sort of anime as well if I feel that the music actually conveys a better um, sort of emotional gravity um, as well. So I don't I don't always just kind of go, oh, that can just go over that and just lay it over and not care about it. Mm-hmm. I, I do like to think that there are ones that sound better with certain kinds of visual uh, visual aid. Yeah. But as far as editing is concerned, um, I... Um, I just use uh, Vegas because it was given to me as a gift um, by a friend who, I don't know, I guess he just thought I'd appreciate it. Never really used it that much. I used it sometimes when I was making rap videos. Uh, And um, yeah, and that's sort of how it started, really. I will get, I mean, I personally... I like it when a, a when the new a new beat starts. That's a that's the cut to a new scene. Um, uh, I maybe that's like an anal retentive thing. A lot of people prefer to make it a bit more open, but I maybe there's some OCD in there. It's like you know the new beat starts, then it's got to be a new scene mm-hmm. most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you watch a lot of yeah, and yeah, yeah. I I remember those days. Kind of that was that's another you know time that's long gone that was uh, an earlier iteration of the vaporwave uh sorry the um the youtube um sort of community yeah uh, i never did any myself but i think just because you know and i'm sure you can appreciate this as being you know a cinema um cinema file like yourself um when you watch so much stuff you just tend you don't realize that we do tend to pick up on certain styles and certain techniques uh just just by sort of presently engaging uh movies and music and so it just it was a natural thing i just felt like well the music's good doing the music videos might be just not better but it will add uh it gives content to the people that want to support us and it gives me something creative to do and i really you know i'll do a lot for myself but i try i'm trying to do more for the for the artists on the lineup and it's nice when you put something together and you know they'll say what you did was actually kind of what I was looking for when I was thinking about that song. Um, so that's always nice as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, it keeps me busy. So if anything, I can't, I can't complain um, when I'm motivated enough to, to make a video. It's just been, it's been a, an interesting shift more recently because everyone's doing live stream shows now. So it makes me want to learn more about doing live programming with visual, you know, with visual aid rather than, you know, 
pre-editing uh, a music video and then just putting it up. I'm seeing a lot of people doing you know crazy shows with all sorts of amazing eye candy and and they're doing it live and I that could be something that I'd like to do uh, in the future. I know yeah. that now that my um, the J card series is over, but I do want to do one more compilation. <clears throat> um, but I want to do it over uh, a video. I want to do it over some movie or a short film and possibly something that's public domain and uh, just to make it a little easier because you know what YouTube's like. Um, and uh, each scene would be a different song that a participant in the compilation would would handle. So you go, okay, so this scene's going to be this. And then so you give it to that person. You go, whatever you want to do, just do your audio version of how that scene feels for you. And then we all come together, you know, piece the movie back together. And then it's kind of like a, you know, an hour long music video interpretive art project. I don't know. Something I really wish that we had uh, at high school, you know, that would have been something I would have loved to have been in, involved in. I think I'm just trying to catch up for lost time by making inclusive projects and yeah, stuff mm -hmm. that I would have uh, loved to have been taught if I wasn't learning trigonometry or algebra or some bullshit that I'm never going to use in my life. <laughs> but oh well. I'm just looking at, uh, just trying to look for your uh, J card series. You mentioned it's over. What's the best place to find like the repository for that? Ooh, that's a good question because they're all on different labels. Um, there's there's one on Sunset Grid, and then they all and then f the the first one's on Sunset Grid, which is Shroom Wave, and then there's one on Golf Audio. There's one on Seco Mart. Um, I sh maybe I could put uh, some sort of like a hub, yeah, so that um, people have access to all sixteen parts. Because I, I don't know, I actually don't think everybody even knows that they all exist. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there's, there's sixteen of them, and the last one is on Correspect Records. So yeah, they're they're out there. Maybe we can we can talk about that post interview and find a way to make uh, a little link or something. For sure. And that last one was uh, Cherry Ridge. Is that right? That's right. Sure is. Oh, you, you cut out there. I didn't. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah, I'm I got sorry. that uh, got that record. What an yeah. absolutely beautiful record. I know you put a lot of work into that one. I brought it up on the show once previously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a very a cool one. thing. I mean, they're all they're all good, but yeah. that one was just, you know, it's the end of 16 a 16 part project that I never thought would go that far. And I wanted it to be to go out with a bang and a bit of a celebration. And Future Funk just seemed like the the logical avenue to go. And everyone re that you know was involved came through for it. You know, Mizu did the did the front cover, and it looks beautiful. And I just I can't wait to to hold the tape and mini disc in my hand and yeah. feel like I was uh, you know a part of putting that together. I hope everyone enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed uh, curating it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah, should be showing up soon too. Shipping delays aren't too well, maybe not for you. <laughs> yeah, oh dude, like they they they're okay now. I think they're just starting to ease up. So yeah. something that I bought in March arrived last week. So I'm I'm hoping that that's an indication that things are now starting to to speed up a little bit. Mm -hmm. But um you know, all things considered, I'm not I'm not fussed, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I know it'll show up eventually. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a tough time for us, you know, DIY people. So, um, yeah, better late than never. Yeah. I, uh, 
I'm uh, working with Tiger Blood tapes, yep. and we're shipping out to like Poland and all these places. And we've shipped back in February. Sometimes and people are like, "Where is wow. it?" And we're like, "Oh my god, man! Like, what is going on?" And they eventually, you know, they'll get it and they'll say, "Holy crap!" But it's like, you know, I just had one the other day. They just got it, and I shipped it in February. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Wow, that's that's a serious delay. Yeah. So, and it wasn't the only one. There's been like four, four of those. So, yeah, hopefully it's getting better now. Um, fingers crossed, mate. Fingers crossed. And uh, speaking of places to go to see all your uh, J Card compilations, there's also a playlist I found on YouTube that has all of your. Uh, I think you linked it. Actually, it might be in your link tree. Has all your videos. Yes. Yep. Yep. That's the one. So we'll link that up in the description as well. If people want to just put the blue screen wallpaper on for a little bit and dive in there. Yeah, it's a good place to start. It's got music videos from. You know, I usually try and do one video for every album, one video for every compilation that I've been on. Obviously, I can't speak definitively that they're all there, but. I'd say that there's there's quite a few years worth of um of musical endeavors so yeah chuck it on you know why not you might like it <laughs> I think so some of the best vapor in the game man some of my favorite absolutely thanks man um speaking of my favorite vapor in the game I didn't know you had a Mixcloud a couple different series on Mixcloud actually the Death Mix mm -hmm. some older ones yep. as well uh, so I put a couple on. Oh my god, I fell in love with some of those tracks you curated, man! Like so, so, so good, so good. Well, yeah, <laughs> so good. Yeah, there's. I mean, I think I've got maybe over seven thousand albums of vaporwave and vaporwave related music, and then some other stuff as well. Some lo-fi and some like experimental ambient stuff. It's all. Mm -hmm. I all just put it in there. So I'm never. I'm never. I never run out. So every time I do a new episode, I just kind of generally I'll try and do maybe about 25%, 50% of it will be from either my label or people that I know that I feel like, you know, have put out something new that they need that should be listened to. And then the other is just a deep dive where I just kind of randomly throw myself in. And then if something grabs me, I'll chuck it in there. Um, mm -hmm. And it's great. I felt like if I'm not going to be making my own music on a regular basis, most most likely because I was doing the the J card series, I thought the mix cloud, uh, sorry, the death mix series is good because I still felt like I was contributing to the scene by playing other people's stuff. Um, and you know, some people you know really like it. They'll they'll get at me and and say I listen to it on my way to work, or I'll listen to it while I'm studying, or if I'm cleaning the house, or I'm on my way home from work. And and it's it's nice that people wherever they are, it's sort of making their their day a little bit more musical and a little bit more enjoyable because that's what it's for. And mm -hmm. it's gone from, it's gone for a year now. I think there's like 30, ep over 30 episodes, well and truly over two days worth of continual music. So, you know, there's lots of content. <laughs> Absolutely. Got the time. No, it's great. I'm going to dive through all of these. <clears throat> and one from 20 hours ago. So you're, you're, you're yes. on top of it. Yeah, that was, um, a live stream show uh, that I did with um, Harmony Index, which were formerly known as Holloway oh, Tapes. Holloway, yeah, so yeah. They, yeah, so they did one. Um, it seems like that that's the that's the 
the flavor at the moment is doing live stream stuff so a lot of the newer death mixes will be just sort of the live stream sets i've got one i've got a couple coming up actually one with hollow jams one with golf audio doing another straya wave as well through all hell breaks loops yeah yeah straya wave that's number two That'll be good coming yeah, up number two. uh we'll put a link Very to that exciting. for sure so people can go when is that again the 26th the 26th of oh, on nice. your guys time i think yeah yeah it'll right. be 27th for us but yeah. um it's all right yeah everyone gets it nice artists <laughs> performing at that yeah well acid ra's coming up coming through for uh for a set which is good because um you know he's sort of been on a bit on the back burner so yeah. um everyone's really excited to to hear what he plays nice i'm um, obviously tupper waves you know you know what you know what to expect with him mm-hmm. and um and all the other guys are are absolute um stellar stars so yeah it'll be another fun fun little hangout so i hope everybody sort of you know tunes in and gets comfy for sure yeah i remember um trying to, to spread awareness about that first time it happened on the show well you'd be forgiven um for uh if you weren't able to because there there are just so many shows now and i and 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 it's getting to that point where i feel like i have to tell people that invite me to a streaming show okay just so you know that one's on the same day as this one and i don't want anyone to feel like they missed out because you know everyone's attention was focused on on another uh Mm -hmm. on another stream because they're all they're all great and they're all important and the best way to do that is just, you know, be aware of what's going on in the scene and stay updated and yeah. and just sort of be flexible. If, if it's going to be on one day but another one's on, just move it, you know, move it to the next weekend. I mean, we've got time. Right now, we've got nothing but time. So, yeah. it's, you know, it's doable. <laughs> Something I was working on for a little while with uh, Puffy Cheeses from Private Suite is an act- yeah. actually an events catalogue for all the events that are going on in Vaporwave on our website. Oh, great idea. So you can Perfect. check that out if you want. Uh, I need to update it. <laughs> but yeah, it's <laughs> it's got all the Vaporwave live stream links and the links for upcoming events as well. And the VODs for old links. I know I keep saying that, but we are trying to let people know about it. So check it out, privatesweetmag.com slash events. You guys do great work. Thanks, man. You too. Oh, no. No, no, no. Seriously, though. Like, I was, uh, when you asked me to, uh, you know, catch up and have a little chat, um, it, it really made my day because oh, um, man. you guys do so much for the scene and, you know, it, it's the magazine and, and, and obviously the podcast and everything that you, you guys do is just so thorough and well thought out. And it's obviously made with a lot of love and a lot of passionate um, participation. So when... You asked me. It was like I was kind of in this this mode where I was like, "Oh, Pirate Seed haven't haven't asked me to have a chat," and I was kind of like, I was a little bit bummed. But then I kind of I, life always teaches me these lessons in surrendering, and I kind of was like, "Look, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You just keep doing you. You know, keep supporting Private Suite regardless, because it's not about you. It's about you know helping each other. Um, and I will always support you guys." But so then randomly, like, I think the next day, you're like, yeah, we should have a talk. <laughs> like inside, I'm kind of like, yes, yes. That's they see amazing. me. They see me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for acknowledging me. Oh, for sure, man. <laughs> I'm here. There's just I'm there's alive. so many people, you know, you can't. We're at 93, 94 episodes now, and I still have like hundreds still of have people so many to go. I want to talk to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my list. Yeah, yeah. I've got, it's like 40 people on that list now. 
and and please yep. everybody if you're listening and growing just know like i try to do at least one a week maybe two i don't know it's hard yeah <laughs> but we're trying we're getting them out there yeah that's it <laughs> I'm sure uh, everyone will Absolutely. get their turn. I know I did, and I, I wasn't sure about it, but here we are talking about yeah, it. So exactly, thank you, know, you for for saying it'll that. Happen. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we got you on there quicker. Uh, like you know, rather not too long after you you were thinking about that. It was next day, like you said. So I was. Yeah, yeah. I just I just thought, all right. Well, I'm just gonna throw my hands up and and just just accept the the unknown and then literally the next day i was like wow i love it when i just i just surrender and then it goes oh the fact that you surrendered now we're going to give it to you just just i don't know life is weird like that it is the vibes the energy you never really know what to expect mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and as soon as you try you're conscious of it you try to surrender early it's it doesn't happen you know mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's funny it's like why didn't i do it earlier but it wouldn't happen it's exactly just, uh, it's the way the gods work Whoa. The vapor mm, gods. Really. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about you have uh, t-shirts, a whole crapload of whack ton of t-shirts on uh, mm -hmm. T's, T Public. Yeah. Um, how did you learn how to design all this sort of stuff? I know you oh, don't dude, they're really not all that good. It, yeah, like yeah, it's just uh, like I'm I'm an artist, a visual artist. I, I I've been drawing since I was two. And I've always loved, yeah, drawing and design. I'm not a big, I haven't gotten that much into digital art, um, which is, you know, obviously on my personal to-do list. Hopefully I can get myself like a nice Wacom or an, uh, a tablet or something and be a bit more involved. But um, yeah, I think I was just doing a lot of, initially it was just doing images for, for content, you know, just to sort of keep the, the Sunset Grid algorithm um at the forefront, mm -hmm. um, especially with like Instagram and, and stuff like that. But then after a while, I'd sort of look back and I thought, oh, you know, uh, they're all pretty, you know, lackluster as as far as, as designs are concerned. I mean, I could I could name about five others that are just way better um, and and rightly so because, you know, they know what they're doing and they, they have a very particular style that is it comes through. But for me, I just thought, well, there had been a few people that said if that was a sticker or a shirt, I would I would buy it. And so now I just try and keep it updated with um with anything that I make. Um, there isn't really any any uh, process, you know. I just try and find an image and then I'll lay another image over it and then maybe add some filters or you know. As I said, they're they're great for stickers. I don't know if a lot of them would look great as posters, but for shirts and stickers, I think they definitely hold their own. Yeah. And um. I haven't really done too many more recently, uh, other than my little my little chibi mascot, um, which uh, seems to be working well because people just sort of associate the the glasses and the the Kitsune fox mask. So I'm I'm trying to yeah yeah trying to um, make that more uh, sort of honing in on my theme. Mm -hmm. But as far as since Sunset Grid's concerned. Um, that's all still pretty pretty relevant. I might go through and 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 curb a few because some of them don't feel very um, very unique. And uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm up in the air at the moment with the shirts. I but you know, people take photos and they send them to me and they say this is me wearing my shirt or my sticker or I'm gonna do some face masks um, uh, pretty soon as well. Oh, nice. Um, that's the yeah, best day when you yeah. see that people wearing what you make and everything taking photos of their tapes. yeah it really 
Yeah, yeah, it warms my heart. Um, it makes me feel really happy. You know, I just de- designed all of the J card covers and all the covers that I do. Uh, at least, you know, uh, I try and find some way of making it my own. But um, yeah, it's cool. Just more stuff. Got to have merch. Yeah. So if you want to check them out, tpublic.com slash user slash blue screen. There's a, qu- there's a whole host of them. Yeah, there's a, there's a few. And some album covers on there of yours as well. A lot of a lot of mm-hmm. good stuff. Um, you just put out the VA10 remix album. Let's talk about yeah. that a little bit. I think that was a one-year anniversary project, right? Mm-hmm. I um, Leaf. Yeah, I ch- I was actually I was kind of it was like a last-minute thing. Um, you know, we as I mentioned earlier in the the convo, you know, the the release schedules, you know, once a week for the next uh, ten weeks, but. Uh, they got a hold of me and said, look, you know, we've got this one year anniversary uh, remix album coming up and we'd really love for you guys to host it. Um, and they said, you know, how does, how does a couple of weeks feel? And I was like, uh, well, we've already got, you know, the next 10 sorted. <laughs> but if, if you, you know, you, you, the fact is, is that they chose us. They were, you know, pretty adamant that they wanted us to have it. And so I just figured, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to break the one week release because I, I think it's a great album. Um, you know, obviously the cover's beautiful and, uh, and the music's amazing. So there isn't much to tell as far as story's concerned because it's literally only like a couple of weeks old. Um, <laughs> I didn't, if you had asked me a month ago, I wouldn't have even known that um, there'd be any chance that we'd be hosting it. But it was a nice surprise and I hope everybody gets into it. Plus, we're going to be um, donating all the proceeds um to oh what's the name of the organ that's really embarrassing um uh sweet relief yeah 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 so that's um you. yeah you got me dude thank you Whew. so uh yeah and that it has made a couple of bucks so far so if you if you do want to help out um i think now is the time where i'm seeing a lot more artists and a lot more labels for sure that are you know sort of waving their cut from certain albums because there's a specific, you know, reason why it exists, or at least they want the funds to specifically go to a particular charity or an organization. The, you know, climate change wave that we did back in December, uh, sorry, January, was a big thing for us Australians. Mm-hmm. We ra- raised over a grand for the rural fire brigades, uh, which was amazing. And uh, it's nice that people are sort of, you know, doing the right karmic thing, you know, um, giving their share to to people that um, deserve it and probably need it a little bit more than we do. Definitely, man. Mm. <clears throat> Shouts out to Chief Leaf for coordinating that project. Word. Big word. All right, what else we got? I've been keep. I've had you here for, what, two and a half hours now, so let's get through these questions. Don't want to keep you all day. Uh, let's do one more question, another little break, and then we'll finish off with a couple. All right, sounds good. Okay. Um, I saw you posted a video of that Chinese, uh, Taiwanese lady that makes the food outside and the, with the beautiful camera shots. Oh. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 it, yeah. I, um, is well, this, isn't she Chinese? Chinese, maybe. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure really. Like, but it's basically like this beautiful video. Uh, she doesn't speak or anything. She just makes Most, like shoes and food and dyes stuff and... <laughs> Fixes fences. Most be- 
most beautiful shit ever. Like the most calming. We'll link we'll link it up. Like oh. I saw you posted it and I was like, you know what, I gotta watch that for a few minutes. I need that in my life right now. Yeah, dude. Like that if I'm not the watching sh- anime the shots, in man. the morning, I'm watching I'm watching her just just make stuff. It's so calming yeah. and I'm like, I I don't know where you are, but can you please take me there? <laughs> you know, I will live there. I will. I would. If that was my life, I, I, I would. Um, I would die happy. Yeah, just the all the gardens and animals and the way they see. It's not like farming. It's and the cinematography is amazing, but it's the way they sort of intertwine their life with the naturalistic world, like the house they live in and all this stuff. It's mm. so nice, and it it feels like it's sort of it going back to a rustic sort of way of, of sort of being a lot more self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. But I have to, I have to wonder yeah. though, you know, with the way that it's edited and it's filmed, I wonder how much money went into actually getting that place started and whether they had potentially a, uh, you know, a little bit of money to throw into that, that property sure. before they built it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But, but you can't, the, you know, the proof's in the pudding. It's a hybrid life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, I mean, I do. Regardless, yeah. What what she does do, you see her do, and um, and uh, I love, I love, I love watching her do it all. <laughs> it's great. I think her name is Lee Zicky. Yeah, and she's like hella popular now. Everybody's watching it. Yeah, I remember I started like a year or two ago, and now it's millions and millions. It's it's amazing. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it really is great for them. Like the shots, like whoever's filming that shit. I don't know if it's her husband or something, but. Just the, oh man, I want to cook like that too. All the instruments she's using. Yeah. The rice cooker and everything and the giant cleaver she cuts oh, dude, everything up with. The cleaver. That's the one. That's the ticket. Every time that's I see her ticket. use that, she's just cutting up the meat or the vegetables. And it's one of those cleavers where it kind of, it counts as like, a, it works as a spatula, you know, but it also has yeah. this sharp ridge. Um, and on this big, beautiful piece of wood that's just been cut and turned into a chopping block. Ugh. Oh. It's just, yeah, I'm just, I feel calm just even talking about it. It's, um, yeah, it's wonderful. And it's very inspiring Take, as well. Yeah, that's, that's true. I could see myself it's doing that. that yeah. Got to start your cooking show, man. Yep. Yep. It's going to happen. I'm going to do it. Have to do, do it. it. I will do it. <clears throat> so uh, what else we got? You talked, we'll do one more question then break. Mm-hmm. You talked about your love for horror a little bit previously. Yeah. Uh, you have a project with Acid.Rar called a horror show series, real, or rather real horror show series. Yeah. Uh, what is that? Um, well, I think it was around, it was the first, must have been the first year of Sunset, if not definitely the second year. And it was around uh, Halloween. And, you know, obviously the Blue Acid albums are split albums between me and Acid.Rar. Um, and I think because we're both such big fans of, of horror as a genre and just, you know, the horror aesthetic, uh, you know, Vapor Grave, if I may be so bold to coin a subgenre, <laughs> I just felt like Dark Vapor Wave has a place and we wanted to, even if we didn't mean to, create, um, and one album wasn't enough. We, we wanted to do a series of, of three and yeah, I think, um, you know, horror horror is very a good horror, um, at least, and a lot of bad horror is very very much steeped in the seventies and the eighties and and, uh, and even the sixties. So I think that exploitive sort of B grade, you know, 
fake blood and guts, and obviously the the synth, the dark soundtracks of it all, I think was just that that was a very natural project. And I think that, you know, if we wanted to, Acid Rare and I could just do that all year round if we wanted to, because it just, it's a fun kind of vaporwave. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's just exciting um, Mm -hmm. to make those kind of sounds because it does step away from just being in a shopping mall. It's like, okay, but this shopping mall might exist, but it's, you know, littered with corpses. And I and I, I get excited by horror. Horror is, you know, it, it calms me down. Ironically, you know, if I'm feeling really depressed or sad, yeah. I won't watch a happy movie, although that in itself is fine, no diss to people that do, but I will always watch a, a, a classic horror when I'm feeling blue and it will, it will instantly make me feel better. So mm-hmm. I can't speak on behalf of Acid as to why he loves horror, but I just, I'd say that there's, there's probably some similarities between me and him in terms of our appreciation for cinematic horror. So, um, and I also feel that the Blue Acid Project, we kind of get to make music that we normally wouldn't do if we were doing a solo album. We we can sort of branch out. And a lot of the Blue Acid albums are like that. They tend to go on a, a much more skewed, different uh, sort of path. And I feel that we give ourselves that, that freedom to kind of branch out a little bit and um, and go in different directions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I love that name, a vapor grave. Yeah, a vapor grave. See, it rolls off the tongue. It's great. Yeah, a vapor grave. And cruise soft, man. You got all the zingers. Yeah, I mean, isn't that kind of what all of this is about? You know, making music and 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 feeling like. You know, there's enough of a interest in a particular style of one genre, so you don't call it dark vaporwave. You just call it vapor grave. <laughs> you know, uh, I feel like yeah. that's that's what's so great about expressing is that you can really just create your own your own rules, um, set your mm-hmm. own set your own boundaries. As my mum likes to say, write your own report cards. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, don't go by other standards. Just make your own. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a great point to leave it at. I'm going to run to the washroom. Give me like two minutes. All right. Be back soon. Cool. And I'm back. Yo. Ah, yo, yo. All right. I've got four questions for you. Cool. That's my favorite number. Those are questions I... Oh, nice. (laughs) Those are questions I usually ask everybody that comes on the show. Mm. But before we do that, I want to dive into one last record of yours. Um, uh, Immersion Complete. It's called, well, the possible translation is Fungus. Mm -hmm. And let's play the song first, then talk about the record. This song is called Telemorph.
I got lost there for a second. You got lost in it. I forgot I was talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, oh, shit. I got to pause this, right? <laughs> cool. <laughs> Fuck, man. What a great record. One of what, one of my favorite records of yours for sure. Oh, great. Uh, great label too, Immersion Complete. Well, they they were great. And then we had some they issues. They were great. Yeah, they were great. It's a shame that things turned out the way that they did with not, I think they bit off a little bit more than they could chew, um, which yeah. is something that um, isn't isn't unique to that label. A lot of labels do tend to to do the same um, through, you mm-hmm. know, hopefully no no fault of their own. But uh, it was a it was a shame because um, a lot of people loved the you know the album design. It came with like biodegradable paper that had seeds in it that had the album cover printed on it. You know the the tape was this wonderful yellow. Obviously, we had the mushroom thing going on. I don't know. It just felt like a whole package. So it was it was disappointing that, um, you know, I didn't even get an artist copy. I had to get a fan of my music to send me their artist copy, uh, which was yeah so heartbreaking but so heartwarming because not only did they lose their copy, but they were kind enough to give it up to me. And, uh, yeah. Wow. Interesting history behind all of that, that whole label and... Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on with them now. I think one of the owners jumped ship and just moved on to other things, wherever that may be. Yeah, they closed. <clears throat> they closed a while back. Yeah, very sad. Yeah, most a lot of people didn't get their tapes. Mm. I don't know for which records, but yeah, damn yeah. shame. Maybe we'll we'll see a reissue someday. Who knows? Well, I have been thinking about doing a re-release with um, with uh, Holloway. And getting them to to put it out and doing a slightly different version, so adding a few more um, skits to sort of connect the the tracks. But um, yeah, we'll mm. we'll see how that goes. But yeah, it's uh, you mm. know I liked it. I liked. Uh, I'm a big fan of mushrooms, um, all kinds and all sorts. 
and uh, <laughs> that just felt like you know I'd already already done the Shroom Wave compilation, but I wanted to do one that was a bit more just how I interpret it um, on a on a personal level. And every track name is a different name of a mushroom that exists as well. Just in case you wanted to know, dude, I didn't realize that. Holy shit! Yep, they're all they're all names of different mushrooms. If you go online and like search, you know, telemorph or or telemorph mushroom, it'll It'll show you uh, a particular... Damn. Pink Disco? Yeah, Pink Disco. This is cool. uh, Yeah, yeah. They're all all mushroom names. So there you go. Damn. All right. Thank you for that. Okay, so here we go. Uh, A couple questions for you. Do you have any favorite Vaporwave releases of recent and then Vaporwave releases of from all time? Is this stuff that I've made or other people? No. No. Uh, other people. Oh, other people. Okay, yeah, cool. Um, yeah. Oh, let's see. Look, you know, um, I'm a big fan of Waterfront. So, you know, and it's funny how we were mentioning before, how it gets a lot of flack for the way that they do or don't use their samples depending on other people's other people's standards. But I think, you know, simple and sweet can actually be very rewarding. It's a lot. Yeah. But I, yeah. I, I, I have always been very inspired by Waterfront um, and always served as a bit of, ro- of a reminder that, you know, there's no set way of doing Vaporwave. It's just however you want to do it, however it makes you happy. Um, so I can't, I can't really, I don't know if I could speak on behalf of one album that's my favorite, but uh, yeah, definitely rated as one of my favorite artists. Uh, one of my one of my favorite producers in the scene. Um, <clears throat> just trying to think. Uh, I mean, you know, there's a lot. On the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's yeah, it's one of those things. Uh, and it's hard because you know I do listen to a lot, especially when I'm doing the the death mixes. So I I'm always going through uh, different um, different albums, and I, I do tend to lose track of them sometimes. But obviously, Palm Mall, I'd say, is uh, is up there. By um, you know, Cat System Corp. Um, you know, Nexus as well. Uh, I forget his recent one. I forget what it's called, but it's got uh, it's got a cool it's got a cool cover. Oh, I'm drawing a blank. I've answered. I'm I'm normally don't speak for this long without retreating into my bedroom. So I'm, uh, you you definitely putting me on the spot. I'll give you a new one. So like the there's this um album that Mist put out recently. Oh, I think it was last year. Um. Or was it the year after? But you know, he's got uh, Emma Emma Stone on the front. Um, oh and, yeah, yeah. So his stuff's always great because he does the more sort of vapor funk, like really super compressed and just um, yeah, super sludgy, funky stuff. Um, so I really like that album, and obviously the remix album that he brought out not long after, which I was actually lucky enough to do a track for, is equally good. Um, what else? I feel like there was like a Future Girlfriend album that I really liked listening to um, as well. Uh, Pink <clears throat> Ranger. Pink Ranger is another one that yeah. I would I would definitely um, like. Preem, I'd, I'd rate that. That's um, nice. That's really good. And Textbook Oregon, I th- feel like definitely um, was one of the first kind of albums that I was getting into as I was developing Sunset Grid because I think that came out a year a year later. Um, oh yeah. And I mean, you know, I like. Yeah, like, people don't don't talk about Pink Ranger too much. I don't know why though. Like, I feel like you know, feel like it's got the goods. 
Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, so I I definitely write that. <coughs> um, uh, what was the that album? record by Mist? By the way, that was uh, Green Eyes. Yeah, on Bogus Collective. Yeah, I always forget the real <coughs> translation, so I just say it's that one with that cover. Yeah, because everything's in Japanese or Korean or Chinese, and I go, ah, oh, you know the one. <laughs> that's that's even what he said in our interview, actually. <laughs> what that like it's all it's all translatable, so don't worry if you can't remember the name. He, like he just Green Eyes is what like yeah the Emma Stone one is what yeah, people yeah, know. Yeah. Yep. And that's not the first one where he's had Emma Stone on his on his uh cover as well. So I know that's kind of his his thing. It's his theme. Um Yeah. But not strictly limited to. Desired, uh Love Story, I feel like is a uh, another one there. Um nice. that I dug. And also Mesh as well, you know. Um Dream Sequence. I feel like that's always just constantly making me go like well making me aware of just the <coughs> how different music can be taken in any given scene. So that always serves as a bit of an inspiration. And Alex is just a cool guy. So, you know, nothing but love for that album. Mm-hmm. Um, newer stuff, can't really say. Uh, everything on Sunset Grid that's new is great. And everything that is on Sunset Grid that isn't new is also great. Just listen to more Sunset Grid. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I can't really say anything on, on more recent releases. I'm sorry, I haven't. I don't know if it's anything hasn't grabbed me. I just don't think I've had my ear to the ground as much just with in regards yeah. to doing the death mixes and working on the J card series. I just I know that people are putting stuff out. I mean, obviously Baby I Miss You by Tupperwave, like everybody's talking about it. Um and that's a, you know, a, you can clearly see why it's so popular. Um and uh it sort of goes for all that that particular style of vapor, which has got a nice little sort of, you know, hints of future funk in there and, and just being um, a bit more crisp in its production and not so drowned out in, in filters and, mm. and stuff like that. It's not so yeah. audio distorted and cut up and mangled. There's, there's still very, a very uh, easily identifiable groove that you can pick up on mm-hmm. and, and dance to with, with little to no fuss. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. What about you, man? What are, what about some of your favorites that have come out recently? Or even oh classically? <laughs> yeah, how do you feel? How do you feel about it? People don't ask me questions too often. Well, here you Crazy. go. Let's 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 mix it up. Yeah, I like it. Um recently, oh god, okay. Uh there was a sweet release on Local Visions that came out recently. It's a remix record. Uh Bless Me Summer, I think it was. Mhm. That was sick as fuck. Like everybody check that shit out. It's two tracks and then they actually on the record they put the two tracks that they sampled on the record too. Like they're like old city pop tracks. Oh, wow. And uh oh my god, man, like the the way they flip these tracks is absolutely incredible. Like no way in hell you can tell that that's the original track and they just they add so much fucking beefiness to it like punch and but it's so creative it's not your standard just like it is four four you know it's future funky it's got to be four four but you know what i mean your standard gritty sound like grid like grid lines not gritty like Mm -hmm. like rough yeah that's an absolutely amazing record that's cool that they Um, um included the original tracks i don't see that very often yeah i thought that was neat for Hmm. sure um some older stuff. Uh, I like uh, like the real 
classics. Like I kind of dig if you listen to the show at all, you you know that that's my my area. I think mm-hmm. um, old computer dreams. We just played some on the show. Something I've wanted to play for a long time. Uh, Prism Corp. Yep, definitely big big on that. Um, Eco Virtual. Yep, nice. Um, there's a lot of big classics. Old Luxury Elite, like World Class. Um, telepath. Yeah, huge on telepath. Hmm. Uh, man, I you know I I can go on on and on. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think um, that's good though. I mean, you know, it, it's I think that's one of the the nice things is that we all we've all got very specific albums that we enjoy. But I think as a shared narrative, there are ones that you just can't have a conversation about without it coming up. Um, you know, sometimes yeah, at, at least sure. one at least once or twice. Um, and and it did. Mm-hmm. I I just. I remembered as well the Nexus album I was thinking of was Remember Last Summer. That was the that was the one I was thinking of. I couldn't remember the name of the album. Oh, I, I love this I, shit. I didn't know what you meant, but yeah, Nix. I've never heard it said like that. N five X. Yeah, isn't that isn't that how you call them? Ne- Nexus. I thought that was how you Nexus. That's that was how that's you cool. pronounced it. I, I, you're probably right. Oh no! Now you got me thinking. Now I'm like, have <laughs> I just been speaking gobbledygook for like the the whole time? Anyone's been like, yo. What what do you listen to? Oh yeah, I really love Nexus, you know. And they're like, "Who the fuck is Nexus?" This, is this weird guy talking about. Um, I've been saying it the whole yeah, saying it wrong the whole time. God damn, I'm gonna I've have heard to ask him. NXS usually or just N triple five X. Oh god but damn, Nexus, I like that. Well, just or it just it just rolls it. off the tongue easier. I'm gonna have to ask him personally and say, "Look, just tell me how do I say it?" Because <laughs> I think I'm embarrassing yeah. myself constantly. Yeah, give do us all a, a favor, please. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm going to find yeah. out. <clears throat> Please do. Um, yeah, just there's so many great albums, man. I can go on forever. Mm. I think I might curate something at some point. I don't know. Hey, it's you know, neat that you have uh, the capacity to just do that whenever you want with your Mixcloud and your label. Mm, mm. Maybe um, maybe we'll get you on as a guest for uh, for a new hey. series of, of death mixes where you can you can guest program the show. And uh, we'll there get you that, go. We'll get that happening. That sounds that would that yeah. would be fun. You down with that? I'd be into that for sure. All right. Yeah, man. Let's we'll do that. Let's do we'll, it. We'll talk when the curtain goes down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. So I wanted to ask, especially because of your label, do you have any smaller artists that you've worked with that you think more people need to check out? Yes, absolutely. Um, Turner J. Um, he's done quite a number of releases on sunset and he sings and he produces his own stuff and he has such a an amazing voice and um i just don't i don't understand why you know he's not i i don't know like it just seems like he's not getting as much love as i think he deserves he deserves so much more i try and do what i can by including him in the death mixes or doing you know a film clip here and there i i, I probably could do more um but yeah, as far as just his sound goes, it's like this just very, you know, it's modern R&B, you know, it's kind of like Vaporwave 2, I guess, in some ways, if you wanted to look at it like that. It's It's got this beautiful, soulful voice um, over these really um, deep, sexy bass driven tracks. And uh, mm-hmm. there was um, there was one song he did with, um, is it like two, nothing two? I just, I just always refer to them yeah. as, no, as nothing, but um, yeah, they did a track um, 
called Rain, and I'd say it's probably one of my favorite tracks of all time, just because it's uh, it's got everything that I want. It's yeah, it's got that real sort of like deep '90s, sort of mid '90s R&B style that he's singing over it, and um, yeah. So Turner J, I'd say I highly rate. I mean, it's it's hard for me to answer because everything that has come through Sunset, I'm honored to have it on there, and. Mm-hmm. I know it's like a cop out to go. Well, everybody on Sunset's great, and I de- I think they all deserve more attention. And to a degree, I I I believe that. But um, if I if I had to if I had to pick, you know, one or two, I I would definitely say Turner J needs or should get more love. Um, yeah. so if you're listening out there, um, please please do uh, check it out. Um, and we'll link uh, it up for sure. Yeah, yeah, I I. Uh, Sure you will, and I mean, video head cleaner. He's from um, he's from Australia, and he's another person that is just constantly coming up with albums, creating music, and he's you know sort of got his um he's got a new label that he just started himself called Ellipsis, um but he still releases stuff with us. Um, anytime I've done a compilation, he's always sent a track. He's just you know a real stand-up guy, and he's doing his own compilation series based on the Sins and Virtues theme, which is awesome. Um, and I, I'd say that he um, definitely deserves a bit more attention because he has real um, a real flair for sort of um, broken samplerism and chopped and screwed and just audio desecration. And it's great because, you know, there's only so many... There's only so much, you know, vapor funk or future funk that you can listen to before it does start to blend together. And I find that Video Head Cleaner always really keeps things interesting. He's kind of like, he's like Mm -hmm. my, he's like the Australian mesh for me, you know. That's what he's Mm. sort of doing, um, just creating these really interesting things. So, yeah, that's, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. Okay, well, that's that's great. Everybody check them out. We'll link them, and I'll check them out, too. I have not heard of Turna, J. Turna J. Yep. Or Video Head Cleaner. Yep. Great. Thank you. Um, and do you have anything your fans can look forward to coming up? Oh, boy. Yes. Um, so let me just consult my list of things to do. <laughs> so there's a Blue Acid album that I'm working on uh for an italian label that's kind of focused around the italian horror genre so that will be hopefully done soon i keep talking about it that it's going to be done but i always get distracted with other things um a few more live stream mixes uh on twitch and and things like that yeah vapor uh sorry stray waves coming up i'm working on an album for cell death uh nice yeah, yeah, I've been neglecting that one too. So if you're listening, dude, it, I haven't forgotten about you. So <laughs> please don't take it as a diss. Um, <laughs> yeah, heaps more death mixes, sort of one for Jiju Dig- Digital. I'm doing one for this uh, other uh, group called Internet Public Radio. Um, a couple of solo albums, which are just barely starting, but I have a, a theme and an idea. So got those to work on and a few compilation albums that other labels are doing that they've asked me to help curate. Because apparently I like compilation albums. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> um, don't tell anybody. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'd say, yeah, that's that's more or less it without giving it all away. And of course, I want to do this uh, audiovisual compilation where I get everybody to do a piece of music to a scene of a movie. Um, some sort of underground weird mm. thing, which I would love to see on 
VHS or at the very least on DVD so everyone can, you know, get in on that. So I'd say that's more or less what's what's coming at some point or another. <laughs> nice. And cooking shows. Well, thanks for coming on the show, man. Oh, go ahead. And a cooking show, <laughs> hopefully. And the cooking show, yeah. Yep. I'll make it happen. Now, I was, I was going to say, um, for me, you're definitely, you know, very interesting artist. And I find your music is like subconsciously like helping build this found and your label, obviously, of course, this foundation of music. It's so charming and nice. And if it wasn't for people like you releasing these albums and having the consistency with your label and um, the vaporwave scene, I don't think would be like as structurally stable as it is today. I think that's my opinion, of course, but yeah, definitely. I think you have a lot to, to do with that. So thank you, my friend. Oh, no, thank you. Uh, I, I don't know if I, I think the, I'd like to think that we have some kind of influence or at least where 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 um favored in the scene um but i know for sure and i can say this with with no doubt is that we're definitely representing the uh the australian scene you know us and all the other aussie artists and i feel that sunset is kind of like the you know the blanket collective that hopefully is giving these guys um the support and the you know the love that they need and um and will mm-hmm. hopefully be able to continue to do that as this scene inver- uh, inevitably continues to grow and becomes less of an internet genre and more of a real life thing where we can all start to to hang out i guess the only the only drawback about internet genres is that everybody around the world enjoys it and it's not as easy as just to get on a plane and fly over to you know an event in the middle of europe or america or whatever but i think our, all of our hearts are in the right place. And uh, if it was up to us, yeah. we'd all be hanging out together right now. So we just got to be nice and be supportive and give people the chances that maybe you didn't have when when it was, you know, when you wanted it mm-hmm. or when you were growing up. Yeah. And hopefully we can all start to see each other again soon. Hell yeah. This becomes more of an IRL thing again. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing... Music always seems to be the driving force of, of wherever my life goes, and I, I'd love to see more live shows and more more faces to all the pseudonyms and, and weird names. I just would love to be able to collectively engage. You know, look at Electronicon. You know, that was just... It just goes to show that we're all out there, and I think we all really want to connect with each other. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. Hmm. Well, thank you so much. I'll let you go. Have a great day ahead. Thanks, man. You too. Thanks so much for having me on. I uh, I hope I didn't ramble on too much about <laughs> this or that. Nah. Nah, you're right, that was mate. great, right. man. Cool, cool. Oh, well, well, it was, it was yeah. a lot of fun. It was an absolute honor, <laughs> man. And um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really honored to, yeah, to be on it. So thank you so much. Yeah, anytime, dude. Maybe we'll have you on again sometime. Yes. Fingers crossed. Sounds good. <laughs> cool. Well, take care and we will talk to you soon. Peace. Cheers. All right, my friends, that was my interview with Tyler from Blue Screen. Be sure to check him out. We'll post the links in the description, as well as Sunset Grid. We're going to be leaving you with some music, some from Blue Screen, and a couple selections from Sunset Grid as well. Hope everyone had a blast at the Pad Chennington's block party this weekend. I know I certainly did. 
And if you couldn't make it, there should be VODs going up on Pad Chennington's Labels YouTube channel. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Check out our website, privatesweetmag.com. We've got a lot going on there, as well as a new site coming very soon. Check out our YouTube channel. Lots of videos going up there. Music videos are happening right now. Very exciting. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you're not already subscribed, so you can get notifications whenever there's a new episode. Google Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you want. And don't forget, you can give us a call at 412-44-VAPOR. That's 412-44-VAPOR. And leave us a voicemail if you've got something to say, you've got some shout-outs you want to give, you got some hate you want to dish, whatever you want. And lastly, thank you to Tyler Blue Screen for taking the time out of his day to sit down with me. All right, take care, everybody, and let's get into some music. Just another way for
Those are the songs I chose out of Blue Screen's catalog to play. Some of my favorites from the various records. Check out the description if you'd like to see which songs those were. And now we're going to play some songs from Sunset Grid. First up, we have Long Distance Lover by Outer Temple. Thank you. 
Our next song is by Madayana, and it's called Novia Police Gray State. Next up, we have acid.rars like clockwork.
Our next song is by Twin Pines Mall, and it's called Cozy Wool. And to finish things off, we've got the Turna J remix of Nothing's Rain. Take care, everybody.
Yeah. 